Hello and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. My name is Peter Bond. I've read every book in the main series. However, my co-hosts are reading the series for the first time. With me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones. Hello. I thought you were like about to sneeze. You had this like sneeze face on you. It was because I was, I knew that my voice was not ready for the um, energy that I was trying to bring to it. So I had to like wake up for a second and then You had to stir it it from your, from within you. It came from a deep place of love and excitement. Um, Our producer, AJ Faleri, how are the bars, the levels? La 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 la. The levels are great. I also had to do my vocal warm ups. The rain planes in uh, lanes, may I don't know. Yeah. You the know. rain in Spain falls mainly on the plains. Unique New York, Irish. And that wristwatch. was our podcast, deformed body in a sack, Joshua Dean Baker. Yes, that is my great secret. Every every time we record, one of them has to just prop me on a chair. <laughs> and oh, that's sad. Thank you, IRTP, for that name. And uh, this brings us to a big honking episode of the show in fact our last episode was quite a big honking episode but um honking um like a truck beep 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 (laughs) beep beep and that's because today we're talking about the ending of midnight tides and everything that comes to pass so um we're just gonna get right into it i'm gonna guess we have a lot to talk about so without further ado chapter 23 the Eater arrive at Brand's Keep. Udanis thinks on the impending power of powerful Eater sorcery. He speaks with Featherwitch, and the two agree that the Lethari are going to lose. They speak more of Det, Mayan, and the Chrysanum. Troll watches as powerful violent sorcery begins the battle. Udanis watches as Lethari sorcery begins to answer the Eaters. Andy Wraiths join. The Lothari sorcery is powerful, killing thousands of Eater forces. The Warlock King responds, his sorcery killing tens of thousands of Lothari. Udonis' position is endangered by the violent sorcery. Massive pillars of magic, flesh, and bone are out of control. Eater women protect Udonis and the others. Udonis goes to find Hull and Rulad. Troll challenges Karnath, who he easily defeats. Aradaan urges him to be punished, but Troll shows the soldier mercy. Udanis reaches Rulad, but is knocked back by Theridus. This angers the already furious Rulad. Although the battle is won, Rulad is furious with the Warlock King over his use of magic. Thousands of Eater died in the battle. Rulad wants to kill the Warlock King, but Udanis stops him and says that his brothers are nearing. Rulad stays his furor with the Warlock King, but Udanis knows that Mozag may have to be killed. The Emperor speaks with his family and says the dead will be buried together. Tomorrow they will march to claim the throne. In the end, Troll and Udanis are left alone. Troll recognizes the power Udanis has. They speak about the Warlock King, arrogance, and the day's slaughter. Troll says he is afraid of what is coming, and Udanis says 
they may have to try to hold on to it together. So the war's continuing here, and this follows after a series of battles we've seen. And of course, we're getting closest to Lethris here. And this is another battle where the sorcery um, in the book is really at full display. And we talked a lot about the sorcery, I think, at the High Fort battle, right? And um, yeah. And Josh, I wonder what you make of the use and the description of the sorcery here, which it... it it was already pretty intense in the last battle, and it gets cranked up even further. Yeah, I, I think it. it um, I really enjoy that in this book we are seeing this kind of clash between, you know, wanting to do things the, the honorable, old-fashioned way versus the, you know, the other people saying, no, we should just kind of cut through the bullshit and, uh, you know, mass murder people. And it's, it's a very interesting... Um, because... I totally understand that as, as brutal as the sorcery is in this, like in, in the eyes of Han and Mosag, you know, what he's doing is he's protecting the eater, you know, he's preventing yeah. them from having to die for this war. But, um, you know, he is doing it by just horrifically murdering people before they even have a chance to blink. So I also really find it, I guess the word is funny earlier in the book. I just like, it's crazy to me how many times in this book, like the the downfall of the leather can be attributed to pure haughtiness and it's like over and over again they've got this idea of like well the magic will cancel each other out and it'll be down to the fighting and over and over again it's like this this army that has relied on mages for like centuries is just mm. gets blown away because they're fighting an organized force for the first time like ever and they're just kind of yeah, like unable yeah. to understand that like possibly someone could have better magic. What I loved about this magic, despite you know, including its absolutely horrifying bone, like all this imagery, I, mm -hmm. I you know really loved jives so hard with me. But you know, a lot of the times the magic is really described on a one-on-one -on -one level. It's like I'm here and I'm like we're doing this thing, and it's kind of about it's a more intimate thing. And I feel like this is really portraying it being used on this huge military level scale mm -hmm. where it really is about annihilating thousands of opposing forces. It's quite horrifying. Yeah. Also, um, I would like to say uh, that it is also very, it's very interesting to me that the, the civilized leather, their magic is the most raw, untamed, un, like ugly bullshit of anyone. Mm. Like mm. at least Han and Mosag's like, well, it's whirlwinds of bones. I mean, I, I am metal, you know? I don't know what to tell he you. He is metal. It's true. It's true. I listen to a lot of Slayer, so here we go. And the Leather are just kind of like, what if fire but bigger today? Like, we've Big yet to, I don't time. think we've seen them do anything that's not fire-based, which is dumb. Inch, so in this see, this chapter, we were actually kind of making fun of the Warlock King last time. And in this chapter, though, and later on especially, you really kind of see that he is a bit of a formidable character, you know? And I wonder if you were starting to see that in this chapter, or I wonder if you even agree with how I described him. Good question. Good question. Um, so I want to preface this with I had no idea what was going on as per usual in that chapter with the magic. The magic always confuses me because how am I supposed to know who's doing what magic? So really in my head when I was reading it, all I saw was just like the way I imagined it was blue light. And that's all I saw. And everything else was just what it was. Um, no idea there were bones. No idea. Interesting. Um, but yeah, 
So all that to say, when Rulad was like pissed off about the use of magic, I had no idea why. I didn't understand that Hen Bossag was the one that killed <laughs> all those people. Sure. So that was funny. But then upon realizing that, I was like, oh, okay. But then they were like, this was a slaughter. And I'm like, the ends justifies the means. <laughs> so yeah, Hen and Mossag crushed it. He, But granted, granted, he's annoying about it. I wish he was a little more humble. An so, incredible take, India. This An is, incredible take. Yeah. I never thought I'd hear India, you know, s- uh, India has done the equivalent of saying, like, I see the good and the bad side of nuclear warfare. <laughs> <laughs> you know, gets the job done. I'm all Fucking. about, you know, get in, get out. What? By any means oh necessary. My, and sometimes. Oh, my gosh. Whatever. Anywho's so, Aj... You know, there's this, there's this kind of this button on this Karnath, Alderaan stuff, and it's kind of the end of Troll as captain participating in this squad, you know? Mm-hmm. I wonder what you make of this little B-plot of for the Troll plot throughout the book, now that it's over. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I kind of could have... Yeah, right? I, yeah, I mean, it was fun to watch Troll beat someone up, especially Karnath, who's such a just big jerk the whole time just a big a big meanie you know mm-hmm. he's just big a big jerk. meanie so it was fun to watch him get his ass kicked but i i, I don't know i just i like i always love reading like one-on-one fights because there are a couple that we get in these last few chapters and they're all just such a joy to read and i also just like really enjoy the way that troll fights mm because a spear is cool a spear is a cool weapon i don't know what to say it is it's spears are my favorite weapons guys yeah. i don't talk about this a lot but i am horny for troll fights yeah i do have to say though i was really <laughs> thinking that when uh alrada on was like hey you shouldn't have showed him mercy it's really gonna come to bite you in the ass i thought troll was gonna get like fucking like spiked you know like sure sure oh wow that would have been intense or something, you know, like later in the series, like later in the book, it was like, oh, someone just fucking impales troll and he's dead. Like, mm-hmm. but it didn't happen. So, Inge? Um, speaking of things that you thought were going to happen that didn't happen, I don't know why. And I just want to know your guys' opinion on this. Why didn't Udinas want Rula to kill um, the Warlock King? Is it because he saw that he's like Loki, a power player? Or did he just not want him to like kill someone? Because honestly, I would have preferred him to do that in that moment. I don't remember right this second. I think Udinas, if I remember correctly, it was something like he thought that that would maybe be a line that Rulad probably can't walk back. If he just oh. murders the Warlock King right then. And at this time, Rulad was still, he was still, uh, oh, well, I don't know. He had just died recently, but it wasn't that bad right this second. You know, there was still a hope that he could become, be, stay a sane thing. Yeah. Agreed. He should have killed. I, I've wanted that. I've wanted Hannah Mosaic dag, dead most of this book. Fuck that guy. Yeah. yeah. Especially. I, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't think it's a matter of like wanting him dead, though, because I think obviously like pretty much everybody wants him dead. But I do think that they realize like if it weren't for Hannah Mosaic, like 
the left. That's, re- that's wrong, AJ. That I don't want him dead. Okay. I want him to think long about his actions, uh-huh. start to think about what he's done wrong, uh-huh. t- and start taking accountability for his past. You know, it mm. starts with accountability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think this is what I'm looking for. Mm. I agree. Accountability. Over don't death. put this in the episode. My my brain is really twerking double time. Like, God, I'm, I can I can make a uh, I can make a death penalty joke right here with Pete. But then I was like, <laughs> no, I can't. You can't. Oh my god. So you can Um, cut that out. Jesus. Well, listen, I'm just saying, Inge already went to a pretty dark place with the murder stuff, so. Okay, you're right. But listen, listen, it's all all gravy and juice here. That's the phrase we all know. Nope, nope, keep that one in. Gravy and juice. Let's keep it going. Like gravy and juice, Um, let's keep on flowing. Inge, the last uh, the last part of the, this chapter you mentioned, it, it actually switches to Udonis' point of view. We we see him deal with Rulat a bit, and then it ends with a conversation between Udonis and Troll, and I think it's the last time they talk before we really get to Letharis and things really, you know, the kind of the finale really begins, right? What do you make of this conversation between kind of the two uh, two pretty central characters? Um, do you forget it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it. A lot happens in these chapters. Yeah, this, this, just, I was, I, this whole section's like I was one looking page. at your 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 deer in the headlights stare over there. I'm just trying to remember. We can move on unless anyone has any hot takes. I mean, really, the meat of all this stuff starts next chapter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they do bring up uh, in this chapter. Uh, oh, what is it? Cold anger versus hot rage. And I thought, I, yeah, I, I, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I forget so. that. I'm glad. I'm glad it didn't make me think during that. <laughs> I would have been upset. Hot iron. No, like you get it. Like, like cold. one's hot, and one is cold because it's like mm-hmm. slower. You're making me feel pretty hot in the collar right now, AJ. <laughs> okay. Nice. Anyway, let's keep things moving as. Uh, the Eater arrive at Letharis, and kind of the climax of the book begins. Mm. Chapter 24. The demon of Hanan Mozak travels on a furtive mission to find the heart of power that lies underneath Letharis. Sulish fixes Shirk and then says goodbye to them both. Shirkalal looks at the Eater's arriving fleet and briefly speaks of Gurun Eberecht. The king of Lethras sleeps on his throne, his court around him. The court is concerned it will be their last day, and Bryce is reassured he will not be killed. Garen Eberecht speaks briefly to the court, and then says he has other business to attend to. Bug stands on the city wall, looking out on the approaching eater. An artist paints an interpretation of the impending conquest. Bug briefly speaks with the errant, and then he crosses paths with iron bars and the Crimson Guard, who he sends to kill the god of the Jack. Troll, Rulad, and the Warlock King enter the city. The Edor forces chart a path to the eternal domicile. Udanas is sent to safety to be with Earth. Hull is hoping to find Tehol for forgiveness. However, he thinks Bryce's death will be unavoidable and that the city will fall quickly. Udanis is waiting with Earth and Mayan when he feels the Wivel awakening within him. 
Nobunaga leads the Jek into the city, hoping to find their god. They wish to slaughter the Eater and forge their own empire. Morak Neveth holds a bridge along with other Lathari soldiers. Rulad approaches them. Bug and the Crimson Guard near the temple. Bug and the Errant wait outside as the Crimson Guard enter and begin to battle. On the bridge, Rulad accepts the Finad's challenge, and they kill each other in a duel. Nevath takes some solace in knowing Rulad has yet to meet the king's champion. When Rulad comes back to life, he is screaming in horror and agony for Udanis. Earth hears her son's screams and looks for Udanis, but he is gone. Man flees into the city. Earth orders soldiers to find Udanis. She believes the slave has betrayed them. Kettle hears battle and thinks of the five Tarthanol gods. Then Silchus drags her down to a bank of a swamp. Here, Silchus is being dragged into the water. Kettle takes the two swords and waits. The Wivel leads Udanis into the city. His master needs him. Iron Bars and the others defeat the pack, and then the Errant heals them. They speak briefly, but Benaga finds them and attacks them. Iron Bars kills the Soul Taken and impresses the Errant. They are tasked then to find the Tarthanol, but only Iron Bars will go. The others will go to their ship. Inside the palace, Bryce notices the howling has stopped. And deep underneath the ground, Mosag's demon grows near. The Sita tells his friend Bug that it is time. Bug stops then and calls to the Jagat Witch and says it is time for her to repay her favor. The demon tries to then seize the power of the city, but it is an illusion, and the demon is trapped in ice. Far above this underground chamber is a lake, and on its shore is a pair of sometimes lovers. Ersto says he will marry Penisol when the lake freezes over, and then all of a sudden, it does. We kind of forgot to mention it, but at the end of last chapter, there was a discussion about how Lethris is certainly going to be conquered, that the Eater are going to win, and like, war over, story's done. Do you know what I mean? So, in going into this chapter, they're arriving in the capital. How did those expectations affect your expectations, and where do you think they were set for the actual conflict itself between these two forces? Um, yeah, I I also felt like that. Um, so, you know, I was the bar was set pretty pretty low, I would say. I don't love the scenes where they, you know, actually come together because I have no idea what the fuck is going on. So I kind of like really was happy that Rulad was like, no, let's do this with honor. So I was like, oh, good. I could read it. But when the actual conflict happened, like in the, what is it? The, the eternal domicile. What is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is such a badass name. <laughs> <laughs> when it actually came to that um, after everything, like I was not expecting even, which I'm not surprised I wasn't expecting it, but like everything that happened from when Rulad was like, yeah, let's go kick some ass to when they actually got there was just like, I'm going to kill you. 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 And I was expecting more survivors, I think, than I was left with. Mm. Like more people that I thought were going to um, 
like, you know, make it just didn't. And I'm talking yeah, before we finished the book, you know, hard. I'm not talking about ones that came back. Wink, wink. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was really surprised by that. And then and then I definitely was shocked by the actual like clash. So that's how I felt. That's awesome. I I'm excited to hear about. Ah, let's go around the horn. I'm very curious. Like, Josh, where were your expectations at? Because here's something I think interesting, and I'd like to, you know, we were just talking about this this tinier conversation that happened. But of course, going into the book, we kind of know that, we kind of know the ending, right? We know, like, this is a book about Troll being shorn from his people. So, but at this point, the expectation is is taken to this point, you know so much more about it. So, w how do you, where were your expectations set at the start of these two chapters? Um, in my mind, it was kind of like, we wouldn't have this book if it wasn't necessary, right? That's, uh, Steve has, has, has made it very clear in our talks with him that everything he does has a really, has a real purpose. And so I was like, I get that the purpose is in one way troll, but I felt like there had to be a greater purpose. So I kind of felt like at the end of this book, we had to have enough players still in the game that they're going that that like this book would then impact more than just the troll storyline going forward but i did not know what i didn't know which of them i had my hopes i hoped my boy to hole would be a lie with bug um but but beyond that i mean i really i guess i kind of assumed everyone in the eternal domicile would die i felt pretty confident about that i did not know what was going to happen with saren and the other players just kind of like scattered throughout the city but I knew that enough had to be alive because there were some threads that, like, you can't cut short yet. Like, we could not have cut short the Crimson Guard thread. That has to keep going. You know, things like that. Mm. And that's where I was at. Aj, quick comment. Um, I mean, I think they've both pretty much summed it up. Like, I was kind of expecting more people to survive, but I was also, you know, not surprised when people kept dying. Like, I was upset, yeah. but I was like, yeah, this this kind of tracks. And then just, like, all the, the you know, the Crimson Guard stuff and the, the Saren threads like josh was saying it's just like well i, I know they're not probably going to get just like cut short because like i don't know those two threads specifically are like so interesting and there also is a, a crimson guard book which i guess is maybe cheating to know that that exists um, oh there is i forgot about that but yeah i don't know i was pretty much expecting a slaughter and kind of got what i was expecting oh. in one way or another all right well then let's kick it off and get into the discussion proper so it starts by tracking this demon underneath the city um, kind of comes out of left field to me, my first read. And, you know, Ange, I wonder if you were kind of thrown by it in a way. Don't even bother asking me about that fucking demon. Literally, I was, I think at some point in this group chat, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, wh what do you mean? What mm -hmm. do you mean an underground demon? Where did it even come from? How? So I had no, that was just, I was just like, oh, okay, this, this is happening now. That's, that's all right. Let's see. Let's keep going. I, I wonder why. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like it's it's does feel like a totally random thing in a way, you know, I don't know. Uh, not random, but yeah, I feel similarly. Then there's this scene later on and we're going to try and get to everything. But of course, so much happens, you know. So there's this scene, Josh, where Bug is standing and he's with an artist who's doing an abstract interpretation of the scene. I love it. First off, I wonder why you thought it was necessary for Steve to take a dunk on abstract art. 
And then number two, I wonder what, you know, um, ungenerous characterization, but I, I, I also wonder, more importantly, my real question is, this is the second time where we've met a painter doing some painting and had someone talk to the painter about it. wonder what you make of that. Uh, the first time was Memories of Ice, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't, I, I don't know. It was just such a strange kind of... I, I'll say this. I like this scene because it is such a nice moment of... There's no consequence to this scene. It's like a moment right? to There's breathe. No, like, yeah, so it, it really works in that way. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's Steve talking to, you know, how how history is often framed, you know, like the things that we when we look back at historical events, like, yes, paint, you know, paintings and artwork can be a way that we look into things, I guess. Mm. But I don't think I'm smart enough to know. I don't really like art. Um, so... <laughs> That's my hot take. Hot take out of Josh. Yeah. Well, it's a minor point, but I wanted to touch in since it's kind of a recurring thread. Um, now, in if there's more, if there's more artists, I mean, it'll be fun. I you let you like <laughs> the talking frog. The talking frog was very good. Actually, I think I'd be more into art in general if more artists had talking familiars, you know? Mm. Inge, so coming into the city, we follow Hull a bit more. And we talk about Hull and his relationship to forgiveness and the idea that he is seeking forgiveness from others. And I wonder what you think of these last moments we spend with Hull and this kind of last moment fleshing out his character a bit more because obviously he's going to get killed next chapter. Um, I I think that Hull, I don't know, is it, I don't have any thoughts about this. Like, I think he wants forgiveness. I think he wants, he's looking for more so like understanding as well, which I guess can go hand in hand with forgiveness. And I don't know, he seems pretty like upset, but kind of resigned to the whole situation that, it is happening even like making like well my brother's gonna die so yeah it was just like Ugh. so i don't know i don't really have any particular thoughts about it i don't know i don't know i never really connected with hull's character that much either like i don't feel like i had many experiences that made me like ooh, hull so like i want josh i'm gonna get to you you're raising your hand but i'll just quick say this to to push push it into josh like a cynical part of me wants to be like isn't this section here just to try and like have us sympathize with Hull a bit more before Erickson kills him next chapter so that we like feel more sad about Hull's death. Do you know what I mean? Like, isn't that really why this scene's here? You know, <laughs> however, I really love this scene and I find it's really beautiful rent and I, it really makes me connect with Hull's character in a way I never had before. So I really like this scene a lot, despite this part of me that feels that way. Josh, what, what were you, what, what, what's on your mind about this? My take is fully in the opposite direction. This scene made me really dislike Hall in a major way. Really? Yeah, I, it had been building. I don't know. There, I, I, I've not loved Hall this book. I, everyone, I mean, look, we all know I'm a Hall stan. All right, till I die. Um, but I really think in this moment, I got the feel. I just felt like you got a oh feeling. Oh my god! I was. I just like I read this scene and I was like. This dude is so fucking full of himself. And like, I, I I just got the feeling in that moment that I was like, I don't know that you do understand all the bad things you've done and, and, and understand like what it would mean to kind of atone for them. Because 
currently leading a genocide. Like, this was the moment that I was like, helping lead a genocide does not make up for other ones you've done. You big dumb idiot. And I got very upset <laughs> that he was like, I got very upset that he was like, I hope my actions don't murder my brother. And not like, and he had no, re- like, he's just so confident in himself being fine. And I, that made, like, when he died the next chapter, for like an hour, I was like, man, that was really out of left, out of left field. And then since then, I've been like, nah, good. I d- Done with Hall. I did, I did the genocide the one way, so I'm going to flip it. And then. Yeah. It's just like, like, when I, when I, when my brain kind of read it that way for the first time, I was like, wait, that, that sucks majorly. Fuck this. Mm. I guess I feel like in that scene, it's about his inability to forgive himself for this initial crime and how this has led him down this path that has kind of, you know, led him to this terrible place, you know? But yeah. personally, I don't think that finding yourself should involve the murder of tens of thousands of innocents. I think that well, I know. think that's a fair point of view, Josh, and I'll I'll grant you that, you know. Thank you. <laughs> a nice bath, some nice some Epsom salts, you know, just really soak it out. <laughs> Ten thousand innocent people. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ange, there's the we 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 check in with Banaga and the Jack, and the Jack are one of these minor plot lines that all start kind of being pulled in. Wonder what you make of their presence and. Did it mean anything to you, their presence, and then their defeat? Literally, no. Another thing that I was like, why are you here? What are you doing? Out of nowhere, there were wolves. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? What? Like, what How? What else can we put into this last chapter that was not there before, but like, kind of? That's, that's, AJ, you seem like offended. you have a different take. No, um, I don't know. We the, the wolves aren't really from nowhere. We've known the Jack could turn into wolves this whole time. No, I know that, AJ, but why oh, are okay. they well, that's there? Fine. Because I, the Jack are with the Eater. I agree, I agree with Inge. I feel like Thank the finale you. has plenty of stakes as it is. I don't need the yeah, Jack yeah. to be here and they want because, an empire and, you know. Yeah, they're just, they're the Corbel Adam of this, of this fucking book. Yeah. The people who are, who think they're way smarter than everybody else, but they're just a bunch of dumb dick know, assholes. Like, <laughs> like, how is your, like, what do you, your only thing is you can transform into wolves. You know what it kills wolves? Literally anything. <laughs> do you know what kills wolves? For sure, for fucks sure. Giant bone tornadoes. You big idiots. But I do think all the howling is cool. No, it was just sad. I hated it. I hated it because then you have to read about large dogs getting murdered. Not fun. Not fucking fun when their snouts smash into the ground. Are you kidding? Hated it. (laughs) Hate if it. you think of them as humans, it makes it better. In yeah, my mind. just like a person that's dressed like a dog. Yeah, just imagine a person getting brutally murdered, and that was just that did it for me. I felt fine. What is fine. this? What is this take? <laughs> I cannot wrap my head around this. <laughs> well, well, no. But all this to say, I mean, I don't remember reading much about. Maybe I was just like not, but like I, I don't remember reading much about these giant it's, wolves else and it, during any other time in the book, except for like the beginning. They were around, mm-hmm. but in the background yeah they're they're so unimportant Mm -hmm. i just did i mean like okay i'll I'll reframe this i understand why they were there but i also don't get why they were there yeah for sure that's all i got i'm i'm with you india it did it felt very like oh we doing this this is what we're doing now and then they just died like it was just like they're here oh my god they're guys everyone's like saying it like oh my god there's wolves guys there's wolves there's mm-hmm. wolves yeah. and then they were all dead <laughs> yeah yeah that struck yeah. me as kind of a a, a goof uh it was chapter. very funny to me yeah, yes but I, was, I don't know i guess in a way it's like a form of levity in this chapter that he just gets just like unceremoniously crushed 
uh, in like a second. But mm -hmm. all right, there's since no time yeah. like the present. I, I have a big hot take I wanted to throw at you guys. You ready? Okay. Like okay. now. And maybe it would be better to do later on, but I'm throwing caution to the wind. You know, mm. when I think about this Jack thing and then some of the Tarthanol God stuff and a little bit of the Azza stuff, although mm -hmm. I think that's starting mm -hmm. to click into place a little more for me, it really leaves me stumped in a way, you know? And I think when talking about the House of Chains finale, I talked about how frustrating that finale was for me and I, how I think it really left a bad taste in my mouth. I really walked away frustrated with that book, right? And when I think about this finale, it's very, you know, it seems like it's all over the place. Do you know what I mean? There's like a lot of plot lines that have somewhat unsatisfying resolutions. There's all these B plots that I don't really know what we're doing, you know? Like, why are, why are we doing iron bars right now? Do you know what I mean? I just don't, like, why is this, like, why is, Je why are the Jack taken? Do you know what I mean? And I think it's just because I feel like the Eater court stuff and some of this drama is so strong and so great. You know, but and when I think about it, I very get very gunked up in this stuff. However, as a whole, absolutely love the finale. Think it absolutely rips. But I do think here's my big hot take. I don't think it's the strongest part of the book. I just think I think the middle part of the book, the beginning of the part, I just like these parts more. I feel like unlike some of the other books where I just am so drawn to the finale, I just think I don't know, man. I I think it's a really really great finale. Don't get me wrong. I I know it led with all that criticism. Really love the finale, but I just think I don't know. Loves other sections even more. That's my I I was all over the place. That's me. Mm. Yeah. Um. I think this finale of the three that I've read introduced the most new stuff. Like thinking about the Tarthanol gods and and the Jex stuff. Like this was stuff that we had been alluded to in a way. Um, but it's like, oh, okay, now we're going to learn about it. But also mm -hmm. this is going to be the entire, like, this will be the beginning and end of that plot line in these, you know, 90 pages or however long this last chapter is, or the, you know, last two chapters are. So I understand your, your, uh, your confusion with all of the, the stuff being shammed in and, and enjoying stuff earlier in the book, but I don't know. I was going to say, I think it's kind of interesting, um, to have it all happen in, on this specific day. Yeah. Because we are at the seventh closure, and I do think it, I do think there's something kind of interesting and maybe even funny about like you know everyone thinking it's these two obviously the clear options are the you know the the Eater Empire or the Lethari Empire, but then like Shit. the you know the yeah. Jahek are like it's gonna be our empire, and the Tarthanol gods come back, and I'm sure they're like it is our time, mm. but it's like. I find it very funny. These very, very, very powerful individuals find out so fast that they are not the most, they're not anywhere near as powerful as they believe themselves to be. Mm. But I, I agree. It is, it's all, it's very fast. But the thing is, I love the finale a lot and I'm really open. I'd be people. I would love to hear from people about where, how they think these plot lines fall into place with it. The, the Azaz stuff makes a lot more sense to me, but like, I just feel like, some of the Eder Lathari stuff, some of the Rulad stuff, some of the Distral stuff, all this, I care about these characters so much, you know, that all of a sudden mm -hmm. when we cut away from this really high drama to go to some of this, I'm reading about Banaga now, you know, like mm. I just yeah. feel, you know, a bit left in the cold. But as I said, maybe I should have saved it for the end, really derailed the conversation. AJ, to get us back <laughs> on track... The eat, the, eat, the eater enter the city and they're gonna cut their way into the eternal domicile and we come to the bridge and Morak Neveth duels Rulad. What did you make of this duel? Sick. This duel was sick. Uh, I think it was a nice redemption 
for for Morak Nebath to see his people's like main enemy and be like, ah, this is how I redeem myself spiritually or whatever, you know, for for leaving at High Fort. So I thought that was nice that he got that closure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I do think that fight, I, I think that fight fucking banged. That fight was so good. Uh, yeah. Like I said, yeah. there's a bunch of one on one fights throughout this, you know, till the end of the. the yeah, there's book. a lot of close um, quarters combat and they're all great. And I do think they might all also end with Rulad dying. Which is pretty funny. Um, but uh, I, I just I, I thought it was very good. And I did enjoy the end of the fight um, when they were asking if uh, when 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 Morak Nevath heard the eater like, oh, was that the king's champion? It must have been. He ruled. Uh, and then, uh, mm-hmm. It's just like we, we get his thought of like they haven't met Breeze Bedek yet. And he died with a smile on his face. I was like, man, that's fucking cool. And yeah, I, I mean, and that. to see how well Morak Nebath fought, honestly, was kind of surprising. Yeah. Uh, and for him to just, you know, say like, oh, there's someone that's even better than me. is just was just very cool. Mm-hmm. Josh, after this, uh, Rulad shouts out for Udanas, but he's nowhere to be found. He was with Ureth and Mayan, but then, you know, you know, this all happens. So, Josh, did Udanas betray Rulad? No. Clearly, the next scene is Udanas being dragged in the form yeah. of the Wivel. Yeah, I know. I guess I meant it a more... Sp- oh, you mean in the greater sense. I meant it in the greater sense. That's the... Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I, you know, I, I'll, my answer to that is I still don't fully understand what Udanas's intentions were. And the problem is Udanas doesn't either because he's three people. He is Udanas the slave, he is Wivel the big fucking cool dragon thing, and he is Wither the spirit of the Tisty Andy. And they're all, they all have their own intentions, and it's very hard to know at any moment, like, what the, what, what the, the actual Udanas is thinking. And, and I, and we get hints of it in his conversations with others, you know? And, but, but I feel like I don't, I don't really understand I know at the beginning his goal was take them down from the inside, but I don't know that by the end it was. I mean, he definitely developed some kind of relationship with Rulad, and I think it was it was never explicitly said towards the end, like him being like, it's going to feel real bad when I super betray this dude, you know? Like, I feel like that kind of got lost along the way. He was just kind of sort of living day to day with the fact that he's got a godson somewhere, um, and he's trying not to be torn from within by a fucking dragon spirit so I, I don't know if i would say betrayal because i don't know that there was any real strong intention of of bad faith from udinas i'm sure maybe he had originally had that but by the end i don't know that he did and what do you think um i'm kind of with josh on this because i don't it seemed i don't know like i guess objectively i would say like it's just like roulette's so fucking ugh. like i don't want to say that I'm going to say, yeah, I guess, because like, I think in some ways he knew that he was not going to stay. He wasn't going to be in control forever um, of himself and like getting into this place um, when. Oh, wait, I want Josh to finish his point, though, because maybe I just I just rethought a lot of things. And I would like to bounce in here and say that I do think that in a way Udinas betrayed Rulad by becoming the thing that Rulad needed and 
never backing away from that responsibility and be and and as i said i think he did know eventually that he would not or as india was saying it was kind of a guarantee that eventually he wouldn't be in that position and so like by becoming the only thing that can bring Rulad back i think in a way he does betray him when he eventually doesn't he isn't there that's an interesting take. Inge. I'm sorry, I had to pop Why in. don't you follow up and then what did you think of Josh's? Yeah. So, so that's, that's where I was headed. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, but that's perfect. So yeah. So Josh really hit it on the head for what I was going to say. I mean, when you take on the responsibility of literally being somebody's sanity, if you, if you leave and, and you are, that's like your role, my guy, like mm-hmm. that it's, it's a betrayal. However, however, you know, we all got to live our own lives. We all have our own paths. So we're not responsible for anyone's. We got to live for ourselves. So I don't, I don't trust. And these he was like literally dragged. There's that. <laughs> but yeah, I know. It, yeah, 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 we're yeah. talking in a more, you know. Yeah, but I'm interested in hearing like what you guys think about it, too. Yeah, AJ it's like a, a parent that always gives their child their like pacifier or their security blanket or whatever. Whenever the child starts to cry a little bit. And then the parent is like, hmm, maybe I should stop doing this. And they stop doing it. And the kid just screams nonstop. Mm. Like in agony. Udinat, yeah, in agony. <laughs> Udinat is that, you know, pacifier or security blanket or whatever. Uh, and I mean, whether he, yeah, I, I, whether he meant to or not, I don't think he meant to. Um, right. He was just trying to do what was best for one, what was best for him, honestly, like keep himself useful so he can keep himself around. Um, but also what was best for uh, Rulad in those in those moments. There was no like further thought yeah. past like oh, I, I, I agree whether I'm I'm really don't even know how I feel I'm you guys are twisting my mind noggin and <laughs> like <laughs> you know I do think he was coming for, I like although he talked about betraying I was gonna say he was coming from a good place but I just don't know if that's true who is this man <laughs> yeah he's so hard you can't it's hard yeah I don't I really feel I like of all the characters in this book we know Udinas the least and we've spent so much time in his head. And I think it's because Udinas knows himself the least out of all the characters that we've we've That's read. Very because true. this whole I mean, he is, you know, a slave the whole book. So his mm-hmm. his uh role is to do what others, you know, ask of him or or, or you know, demand of him. And right. even That's when fact. he's acting for himself, quote unquote, he is kind of doing what others demand of him, you know? I gotta say he's he was a character I loved the first time I read the the series and I'm just tuning even more intensely into him this time, you know. Yeah. So, Inge, he is dragged across the city to the Azath, where we're finally getting a more of a look at what's going on. So, Kettle is, you know, she's alive, and she's in this swamp. Silchus is there. What, what did you make of all this stuff now that the Kettle, you know, we, we really see what's going on more clearly? Honestly, poor little Kettle is just like a fucking vehicle for this story to move around on. She sees shit that she doesn't need to be seeing. So, mm-hmm. um, so when Kettle hears whatever and then <laughs> gets pulled into that hole, yeah, and then that's where Silchus Ruin is, right? Yeah, yeah, in the ground, in the ground. I mean, I kind of liked that. I thought it was spicy. Who was pulling him back into the hole? We the... we don't know. Yeah, oh. we thought. Well, I thought, I thought, I thought I it was. Know. I thought it was Menendore. No, uh, it, we th- thought it was the the Silchus Ruin's daughter, who Menandere and uh, her sister were dragging to the. Do we Azath. not think that anymore? N- no, because it seemed like it was someone that Silchus Ruin is like afraid of. Oh, 
he was like, give me my swords. And she was like, yeah, okay. I mean, unless he's afraid of his daughter for some reason, but I, yeah. I think I my dad's afraid of me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think all dads are scared of their daughters, but, um, <laughs> that's, I think that's accurate. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I really liked that. I thought it was interesting. I have no fucking idea what it means, but like him coming mm. out of the ground with the swords and then, um, I don't know. I just, there was something about it. I thought it was cool. I have no idea what it was, but just the, I just like the visual, I guess was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else did you ask me? I forgot. No, that's, that was about it. It's just trying to get an impression. Awesome that you loved it so much. Josh, did you grok it that way? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I, I, what's, what, what, uh, which part are you asking? Did I grok? I, that I don't way? know. Oh, the kettle, the kettle shit. Yeah. I guess I, for me, as I mentioned, I feel like the as that stuff kind of leaves me out in the cold a bit. So I was just kind of i was really happy to see Inge like lighten up about it you know well uh, having no idea okay. what's going on you know <laughs> like i don't look for meaning anymore <laughs> i think i have more thoughts about it for <laughs> no thoughts head empty <laughs> i have more thoughts about it in regards to next chapter with like the most badass fight scene i've ever read all right uh you say that every so, time Josh, i think Josh. you said that, you say, that i think you've said that about time. like every <laughs> yeah all right so here's the thing i'm a simple man i get i get I get Tobakai, I get an avowed happy man, you know? <laughs> I don't need much else. So easy. Yeah. Pretty easy to play. I get Ublala with a log? <laughs> He's already got that one, but we get another, you, you know? You gotta say, right. though, when he breaks it, when he breaks the branch off, you, like, yeah. I'm instantly, like, it's time, like, we're doing yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Corlo's Loved like, it. it's the size of my torso, and he just fucking snapped it off a tree. Feels good. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Whew. So, uh, Josh, at the end of the chapter, the Sita shouts out to Bug. He's like, yo, Bug, mm-hmm. my friend. What did you, did you like this moment throw you? No, this was, I've been excited for this for several, several chapters because, like, the Sita has been working on something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we know, we, we've never seen it, but we know from both sides of this war that the Sita is not only revered, but like literally feared like he has so much just raw magical power so like i've been waiting here like he's gotta have some plan and it didn't occur to me that his plan was to literally trap a god and it was great because it tied up it tied up the uh the 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 jag uh witch which we i'd completely forgotten about but yeah i I remember that now after after reading i was like all right he he, they did have a a favor i don't know i just i i really enjoyed it, I understood what was happening, which I know India did not as much because it is very much out of left field and, and described in a very strange way. But uh, I don't know. I, th- I think really it made sense to me because like over and over again, what we're told is gods want more power than they currently have. Mm. And so like as soon as that god was like, I sent a power, it's, I was just like, that's that, that's a trap. My guy, like there's no, we're in a, there's nothing there. Yeah, I didn't You've expect, been trapped. Sorry. I do think it's cool. Oh, I just made the I just made the connection that um the book starts with a jag hut trapping a, a whole bunch of things in ice, and then it kind of there's that happens at the end too. So that's interesting. Yeah, Aj, at the end of the end of the chapter, there's a comedic kicker <laughs> with a young yeah. couple kicking, and they're like, "I'm gonna marry you when the la- lake freezes over." The lake freezes over. What'd you make of this scene in the middle of the finale? Uh, I that's thought it was stuff. a great 
like calm before the storm moment. I mean, I, the storm mm-hmm. has kind of been happening, but like, you know, this last chapter is markedly larger than the last few have been. So, you know, shit's about to go down. So I think it was a nice like we can still see. Well, I, we can still see what's happening, but from like a disconnected point of view and also from a point of view that we I don't think have gotten throughout the whole book, really, of like just this a civilian. Like, what is it like to be a civilian in Leather during all of this stuff? Mm-hmm. And the fact that like all of this, like, I guess, life changing stuff has been happening to like Troll and Udinas and like Breeze and, you know, all this stuff. And then to go to the Lether people and they're just like chilling out because like, what else are you going to do as a civilian? You know, no. <laughs> like you have no choice but to live out your the your maybe end of days uh, and, you know, get drunk with the with the person you love and be like, hey, I'll, I'll marry you someday. I probably not thinking that you're going to survive, you know, or. Yeah. Or Mm -hmm. knowing you're going to survive and knowing that your life isn't going to change no matter who's in charge because you're always going to be, you know, a civilian. Like you're always going to be underneath uh, and and unaware of all the the inner workings of the higher up people, you know, Uh, it's just a very cool. I thought it was a very cool, uh, very cool way to bring us into chapter 25. That is a crazy take. Uh, I really loved it, loved everything you said, but I mostly just thought it was one of those moments where I'm like, oh, Steve. (laughs) <laughs> Yo, you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I got to tell you, I read it and I was like, God damn, I could write a sitcom. This was such an easy joke and the payoff was so good. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I have a question before we head into the next chapter, though. Hit I have a me, question too. Yeah. One I have a question more time. Do you know that song? Uh, I'm not sure I do. We can't actually put that in the podcast, Pete. Sorry. So. Okay. Well, I just sang a song. Copying. You may have heard of it. You can't say the name of it. It's called... <laughs> India, what's your question? India, what's your question? question? (laughs) Okay. um, (laughs) I was just waiting for you guys to finish. Um, So the thing that was underground. That's what. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) The thing that was underground. What was it? I That's the demon that, was that the... Hannon Mosag had been using the whole book, like the thing that destroyed all the boats in trade, the thing that was under the boats and killed all the leather. But you said it was a god. Yes. So bet, way back when, well, I say demon. It was a god. Way back when, when Briz... They say when, demon. When, when, they say demon. Yeah, they because say they it don't, was a demon. Well, they don't know he's a god. Of course they don't. Um, but so but he's the, the thing... When, no, when we're, when we're getting its POV, it's, they call it, or, uh, the book calls it a demon. Yeah, Josh. It's a god. It is the god that is removed from the slab of stone that Breeze goes and reads from with the guardian who comes for him at the end. It's one of the elder sea guys that has lost their name to time. Uh, well, but that's... they call it a demon because they don't. They you know. I mean, it is a demon. What is a demon if not a god that is not worshipped? You know. Uh, in some I ways. gotta tell you, I that's don't what I know say. what this is. So I would love it, it, to clarify. It, it, I read it as just like a powerful demon. But what you're saying is really persuasive, and I want—I'm pretty it's sure you're right. It's a hundred percent what it is. They, they like he goes into the water realm yeah, say to they talk figure about out what it is, going in. and they and, say uh, these are gods that male convinced to give that his names to male, and then they would live on down there. And then he like left for a while and was being bugged because immortality gets boring. And so, the, and so, Hannah Mosek went down there and just stole wow. one of the gods. Wow. Josh, you're blowing my mind right now. You know so. Yeah, but did that answer India? Did that answer your question? Um, yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, uh, uh Josh, what was your p- p- final thing? My final question was: Have you guys watched Wandavision yet? Yes, and that's moving literally on. what I was thinking moving about. Because we, we, we were talking about sitcoms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got to do Patreon. 
Ah, uh, yes. Before we move on, we want to just take a moment and thank everyone who backed us on Patreon. India, do you want to thank these lovely people? A warm and loving thank you to Jake, Dominic, Chaz, Francesca, Philip, Fantasty, Quentin, Matt, Matt, Luke, Seth, and Perlon. I tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I tell you what. I, so I tell me what you want, what you on. really, really I wanna, want. I want to, I want to, I want to. I wanna. Oh, I really, 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 really want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, uh, uh, thank you. Thank all you. Our uh, patrons, we've had a lot of. We've we've guys, had a lot if you're of. You're not gonna sing it right. Don't sing it at all. We've had I a sing lot it beautifully. Of, we have had a lot of new patrons in the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's really nice to see coming into the new year that uh, people are still willing to back the show. So, thank you all very much. Agreed. And let's move into this final chapter, please, for the love of Christ. Give us all your money. Could did you keep it? Did you keep in the song, AJ? Maybe. You'll have to find out. Yeah, why are you asking now? He's not as we're going cutting. <laughs> all right. God, I wish. Honestly, that would make this so much easier. Let's let's move on to chapter 25. Chapter 25. Shirk is worried about Garen Eberich going after Tehol. She finds Ubala in the crypt. Ubala says he loves her. Shirk drags Harlist out of sarcophagus, and then they head towards the cemetery. Rulad continues to scream. Troll demands Udanis to be hunted down. The Warlock King tells the Emperor that Udanis has betrayed them, that he can only trust the Eater. Rulad says the Lathari are nothing. He orders Mosag against the Lathari soldiers. Earth tells Troll of Mayan's disappearance. Troll then orders Theridus and Midic to find her. The Warlock King has destroyed the remaining Lethari soldiers, and he says it will be a day of suffering. Ironbar arrives then at the Azath. He tells the Toblakai that he has killed the pack, and then he will kill them. Bug moves towards the Azath, sensing a convergence. One of Eberich's soldiers has killed Tehol's bodyguard, and then they see Mayan running down the street. Garen's soldiers attack some eater, but Garen pursues Mayan, hoping to capture her for his own violent ends. Tehol's final bodyguard warns him, and Tehol heads across the street to hide. Eberich grabs Mayan, but before he can do anything, she stabs herself in her chest. Garen is shocked, but then is grabbed himself by a mixed-blood Neric Tarthanol, who slowly kills him. As killer's Un, the boy whose grandma's funeral Bug presided over. Tahol watches Mayan stumble forward and then fall dead. Then Eater warriors rush in, killing his last bodyguard. They are shocked by what has happened to Mayan. They don't believe Tahol is innocent, and begin to beat the man bloody. Hull sees the beating, though, and being worried about who is being beaten so severely, he begins to walk towards it. However, a Narek stops him, and Hull recognizes him as one of Baruch's servants. The Narek says that Hull's heart has been poisoned because forgiveness is not within him. Then the Narek stabs Hull from behind, killing the man. Chalice tries to tell the Eater what happened. That man stabbed herself, but it is no use. He covers Tehol's body, but Chalice is beaten as well, 
And then in the end, his skull is stomped on, killing him. The Errant tries to guide the Warlock King's sorcery and thinks of Mayan. He watches Iron Bars and then begins to move towards the Eternal Domicile. Ubala finds Corlo outside the Azath, breaks a tree branch off, and then goes in to fight his gods. Udanas is embattled and bloody, kept alive by the Wivel and the Wraith as he gets to the Azath. He enters the Barrow of the Master, and the Wivel claws free of his body. Kettle sits on the bank of the swamp, and Udanas' body lies on the bank now. The Wivel crawls into the water, and the Wraith tells Kettle that drops of her blood will revive the man. Above, Ironbar struggles against the Toblakai, but Ubala helps him. Bug finds the Edor attacking Tihul. The manservant violently kills them all, sending the last one into a magical portal to Bug's Warren. He picks up Tehul's body and walks away. Nearing the entrance of the Eternal Domicile, Chol thinks about power and arrogance, and then they begin to enter. The Warlock King and the Kristan lead the way. Bryce watches the Eater approach, and then Brazad speaks to him. He says that Morak Neveth is dead, that Garen Eberic is in pursuit. Bryce asks the man what his true identity is, and Brizad says he is but a witness. Observing the Sita, Brizad says the entire power of the Sedans will pass through him. Then the Warlock King approaches the Sita. Kurakan calls on him to find his sea demon, but he cannot. The Warlock King becomes enraged, and the Sita begins to bombard him with sorcery. The Kristan are blown back. The Warlock King will fight alone. The Cedar's power is terrible. The power of the Cedans, mighty and consuming, threatening to kill the entire Edor people. The Warlock King starts to quiver, shaking into deformities, chaotic sorcery rending his flesh and muscles. The Sita knocks away Mosag's attack and fire lashes back towards him. Fear sees the Eater failing and urges Troll to intervene. Troll steps forward, and in the shadow of the pillar, feeling he has no choice, he launches his spear and strikes down the Sita. Bryce steps forward, but it is no use. Kurakan is dead. At the Azath, Udanis is healed by Kettle, and she speaks with Wither. Silchus Ruin then crawls up out of the swamp and takes his swords. Wither introduces himself to his lord, and then he dives back into the swamp to help the Wivel. Corlo is worried Iron Bars will die soon, and then Shirk and Harlast appear. Ubala kills one of the gods, and Iron Bars is knocked down. Silchus then emerges and kills the remaining Tarthanol gods by himself. Brulad enters the throne room, dragging behind him large sacks. The Warlock King drew sorcerous power from them. And inside, he reveals is the Queen and the Prince, both of them deformed by magic. Brulad orders the King to yield the throne, but he refuses. The king takes wine from the first eunuch, and they both drink a cup. The king orders Bryce to step aside, but the king's champion refuses. He will duel Rulad. 
Rulad gladly accepts, but is cut down quickly. Bryce moves swiftly and severs Rulad's tendons, ligaments, and muscles. Rulad falls to the ground in defeat and in agony, but still alive. He begins to scream, begging to be killed. He begs Troll to end his suffering. The king orders Bryce to kill Rulad, but he won't. This is what the seed is said to do. Bryce takes a goblet of wine for himself to drink it. Troll notices then the queen laughing. He recognizes that the champion is Hull's brother, but sees that the king and the first eunuch are dead, and that Troll should have warned him against drinking the wine, but it's too late. Bryce staggers down, poisoned and dying. Troll says somebody has to kill Rulad, but the warlock king forbids it. Tail wakes up in a crypt, under a river. Bug speaks to him about what has happened, about who is in charge. Bug is revealed to be the elder god of the sea, Male. Bug offers to magically make Tehul forget this, but he refuses. Tehul asks Male why he disguised himself as a manservant, and why he let Lether fall, and the god offers only a few answers in return. Fear crosses the city and thinks of himself as a coward, having had the same doubts as Troll, but never voicing them. He finds Man's corpse and identifies the dagger as Udonis's. He thinks the slave killed her. Troll covers his ears. Rulad's weeping is too much. The Warlock King rests on the throne. Rulad tells his brother he wanted to be included, and the Warlock King says he wanted to be respected. Then a guardian from the sea, the guardian of the Forgotten Gods, enters. He asks if Bryce was influenced into drinking the poison, and Errant avoids the question. Rather, Brazad asks if Mail had sent him. The Guardian says no. He takes Bryce and says he will speak to Mail soon. Before he leaves, he kills Rulad out of mercy. Troll stands and throws the Warlock King off the throne, and then goes to find Fear. Out of the Azat's barrow climbs the Wivel and Wither. Wither carries with him Udanis. Silchus says he has things he needs to take care of. Kettle asks if she can join, and Shirk persuades him to agree. Ironbar suggests that Saren could guide them out of the city to avoid the notice of the Eater. Sea Guardian finds Bug. It's Tehul's brother who has died. The Guardian takes the names of the Forgotten Gods and gives them to Tehul, and then takes Bryce into the water to be another Guardian of the Deep. Featherwitch enters the throne room and sees Rulad on the throne. The Chancellor Triban Knoll has sworn fealty to the Eater and takes notice of Featherwitch. She takes notice of Bryce's severed finger and thinks there could be power in that. In her house, Saren waits alone, and then suddenly, Fear and Troll knock at her door. A bit earlier, Troll had found Fear and they speak of Rulad. Troll thinks they can guide Rulad back to sanity together, but Fear rejects him. Fear thinks the only way they can save their people now is by going to find the spirit of Scabandari Blood Eye. He seeks Saren Paddock to guide him out of the city. Troll is worried, though, because he feels some force guiding them to her house. At her house, Fear says he needs Saren's help, and Troll thinks romantically about her. Troll says, though, that he will not go with Fear on his quest, that he will await his return. 
Troll offers his sword to Saren, who takes it, thinking the gesture is meaningless now. Then Troll says goodbye to his brother and wishes him well. Fear and Saren are about to leave when they are found by Kettle, Udanis, and Wither. Wither explains that Udanis is innocent, that he did not betray Rulad or kill Maen. Silchus is disguising himself. After a moan of deliberation, Saren says she will guide all of them out of the city together, and then they will figure out what to do next. Shirk climbs back onto Tehul's roof to find the man and his manservant. One of Tehul's eyes has turned blue. Tehul still plans to crash the economy and says that Shand, Hejin, and Rosara are best sent to those islands. Shirkalal says her goodbye then and leaves to become a pirate. Tehul says he is grateful that Bug did not alter his memory and that it will let him grieve. This chapter begins in the crypts, and uh, Shirk is talking with Harless and Ubala, and they head out. Ubala confesses his love for Shirk. <laughs> and uh, so sweet. Inch, wait, what do you make of this little moment? So sweet. So fucking sweet. Gotta love it. Gotta, Gotta love, love it. Gotta love the trail. Oh, I love it. So sweet. Just wanted to touch in. So just wanted to touch in with this little, you know, this little, this little nice, nice little nut. So uh, then uh, Rulad is in furious with Udanis, says it's going to be a day of suffering. He sends all these people out. The like the bloodshed is going to come into the city and like the threat is building even more. Elsewhere, Iron Bars is like rushing to the Azath after he killed the pack and he's going to get into this ba ba battle. And Josh, now that we've kind of seen Iron Bars at his full might, what do you make of this character now that you've se seen him through in this book? <sighs> I mean, I don't know, I because we we don't know a lot about the Crimson Guard yet. Um, so to me, he feels like hmm, I I really don't know honestly. I mean, he's a character unlike most that we've seen. Like like Kalam and Quick Ben are are powerful in their own way, but I I feel like Iron Bars is on an absolutely completely other level of anything we've seen from a mortal really. Besides, yeah. like I guess Carsa. So um, I'm very curious to see if we'll ever learn more about what it means to become avowed and things like that. But uh, I do I do think that what I find interesting about him, though, is that he had like his humanity is still completely intact for someone that has been hinted to have been alive for an insanely long no, amount of no, time. I think that's fair. So, um, uh, yeah. So I'm excited to see. uh Excited to see more of him if we get to. Great. Let's keep things moving. Inch. So uh, this is when we follow up with Garen Eberich, and he's on his way to pursue May and, and Tail, and it leads to this whole confrontation. What did you make? What do you make of Garen Eberich now that uh, his story is done and uh, as kind of a minor villain in this book? Well, uh, no redeeming qualities, I'd say. Um, fair, fair. Just you know, kind of a huge asshole, terrible human being. And that's mm -hmm. it. I mean, what else is there to say? Really, really, truly just like a selfish, nasty person. Well, let me take it one step. Let's take the, keep following this scene then. And soon Mayan dies here. I wonder what you make of Mayan's death and the end of her character arc. Mayan had no character arc. Um, mm. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> I had no feelings toward the character. Man was more so just like a name um, mm. that just had things happen to her that was like not 
relevant at all. I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel sad. I didn't feel mad. I didn't feel anything. I just said, oh, Mayan died. I don't know if you had any particular feelings about Mayan. Mayan really had no... Mayan was just like a character that people talked about. Like, who was Mayan? I don't know. Someone's wife? Then somebody else's wife? Then a baby incubator? That's all Mayan was. So... I found it really not great that her addiction was fully off screen. Everything about Mayan was fully off screen. Thus, I have no feelings except for like, what was the point of Mayan? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with India. I'm I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. So moving on. Sorry, man. You don't. There's just no point in even discussing it on this podcast. <laughs> so just down the street, though, Tehol is also around these streets, this neighborhood, or wherever, and um, he kind of sees some of this. He gets wrapped in the conflict, and Tehol starts getting pretty severely beaten, really intensely. And then later, mm-hmm. Charles tries to intervene. It's even worse. Josh, what did you make of this beating? I gotta say, it's pretty hardcore. You know. It was one of the hardest things I've read, like in, t- in terms of like, I don't want to read this anymore. I love this character. This is terrible. And even more terrible for knowing that it's just such a random, senseless, violent act based on nothing but a misunderstanding, like really made it tough. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it. Yeah. And I guess in some ways it was a, it needed to happen in order for us to like, in order for Bug to, in in a way, kind of fully kind of crack. You know, there was nothing else that was going to cause that to happen, but felt rough for it to be. But I, but I mean, I get it. Like you're in a war, you're in a city that's like completely being ravaged by an invading army. Like, yeah, you you guys should have not been waiting that whole time. You should have moved somewhere else from the jump. So and that is a fair, fair, fair point, Josh. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't even think of that, uh, which is hilarious. Uh, that was the most disgustingly vivid scene I have ever read in my life. It, but it, the, what was even more impressive, I would say, is that somehow, even though his skull was crushed, he didn't die. He was just like alive. The other guys was. Chalice's we we, skull was crushed. Yeah, it was meant so that we didn't know which one died. Oh. oh. But isn't his eye pop out? How did his eye pop out? Uh, that did happen. His eye was yeah, very, very did, badly the, damaged. The, before Chalice shows up, we do get a boot brought down onto Hull's head. Um, all I'm going to yeah. say is that you kick me one time, I'm dead. <laughs> Fully dead. <laughs> I've died. <laughs> One I agree with that. Like, no, fun fully. fact: India has has an intense fear of soccer for that reason. <laughs> never Actually, play. straight facts. I hate soccer, but yeah, that was so vivid, so gross. Hated it. I was so sad. In this sequence, did you think Tehol was killed? Yes. 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 Wow. Yeah. I was very upset. I was fifty fifty because every fantasy book I've read that does this, it's the other guy who dies. But I was like, but you know, Steve, he's always on some shit. But then I was like, but he wants me to think he's on some shit. So Teo will survive. That is exactly what my brain did. I was like, the double cross. <laughs> you're doing, you're doing full. What, 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 what's the reference? You're doing the chess. full poison cup. Oh, from uh, Princess Bride. Princess <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bride. Thank you. Put the sir. poison uh-huh. cup. The motion Peter was doing with his hands was crazy just then. <laughs> anyway, so uh, tell, uh, Hull is watching this beating And he's like, I should do something I should intervene And then he is killed by one of Burrick's Narek servants Yeah, 
What did you make of his death scene? And and we both, Indian and Josh, shared their thoughts about Hull earlier. I wonder where you left with him and where you left with this death scene. Yeah, uh, I thought it was... It didn't occur to me until the podcast, as most things don't. This last part where we got in Hull's head about like, oh, it's forgiveness time. We've never been in Hull's head before until this moment. No, it's the first time, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Which I thought was interesting. So... I, that's I kind of bump up against, I guess, Josh's point of like, oh, it's just to make us feel bad. Where it's like, yeah, kind of. But also like we've never been in his head before. Well, that was Peter's point. Sorry, not Josh's. Peter's point that, yeah, it's trying to make us feel bad. But we've never seen his POV before. So he could have had these thoughts before. We just didn't know, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, true, true. I don't know, because it does like in that chapter or in that section talking about uh his feelings and stuff it talks about the final layer of ash is him like uh the final layer of ash on his soul is him completing his grieving of of breeze because he knows breeze is going to die in this conflict one way or another uh and that it is ultimately kind of his fault um so i don't know i i thought the whole getting the whole pov stuff was worthwhile for me i like the whole pov stuff well I don't know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I just whatever. It did kind of catch me off guard that Baruch the Pale's uh, servants are now also a faction in this war, uh, mm-hmm. and only for this section. I just well, we had was... the we had the opening with them ages ago, you know, and we didn't know anything. Yeah, we we talked about this last episode about how we didn't know how that was going to come. Oh back. fuck! He's the he's the one that had the dream. Yeah, he was the oh, first one to dream, and they shit. were like, you're going to use the old ways. I, fucking, I brought that up to the, the, the fucking... Yeah, you're the one who brought that up. I, I brought that up in our yeah. group chat. I was like, oh, we haven't I, seen the finale of this Nyrick servant. I almost <laughs> texted you. I almost texted you to be like, dude, it happened. What, what a called shot. Damn. Well, I feel like a st- <laughs> stupid asshole now. Uh, anyway, yeah. Okay. I have no well, idea what you're talking about. So a few chapters ago... I, I, I read it just before we started recording today because I wanted to refresh myself. It's like chapter like 19 or something. There is a scene at the beginning where the Narek that had been with Baruch the Pale, remember them, the servants? They had the hallowed ground. The eater lands. And then Mayan blessed them and unknowingly created a sanctified land for them. Mm-hmm. And so the Sita attacked, or, you know, the mages attacked and destroyed that whole village, but their part was fine. And we saw that from their POV. And then one kid's like... I dreamt. And then Aaron's like, we haven't dreamt since the betrayal. And this dude's like, but I did. And so they said to go find Hull. I assumed it was to deliver a great message, but apparently yeah. it's to be like, you fucked up one too many yeah. times. <laughs> and just stabbed him. Yeah, I didn't see a point in that. I didn't even care. I, 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 I want to say the only justification in my head is that it's supposed to be some moral about the one that, you know, like, he, like, Hole in his mind thinks he's doing this for the Narek, and the Narek are kind of like, nah, dude, like, you're, you're helping to cause genocide. Like, the path is actually just to fucking forgive yourself and move on with your life. But you can't, so we'll move it on for you. Hmm. And they murder him. But I, I don't think it's, do- I think it's, him. I think it's heavy handed, personally. Mm. I, I thought it was kind of just too, on the nose for me. Hmm. Oh, it was so off the nose. It wasn't even on the face. I didn't even. <laughs> I got, so I'm going to say this thing. And I know I went on that kind of rant earlier that somewhat sounded negative. But I got to state, really like the ending of the book. Really like this book. Right. But could it whole not be in the book? You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Fuck all. Like, what do we really do with 
him. You know, I like Hull a lot, but just mm-hmm. I don't what know. What do you like about him? I'm. I don't know. I think he's cold iron. Uh, that he's is cold iron. No, he's not. <laughs> he's an idiot. He's cold iron. He's fucking. One, he's AJ. plastic. He's brittle, and he breaks very easily. Damn. Um. Anyway, please Fuck finish hole. whatever you're chewing before you keep talking. Yeah, yeah. Pete stretched his neck out to that migrate, but as AJ said it. Here in the swamp, Kettle revives Udonis back to life, and then they kind of emerge out from the Azath, and Silchus, you, you know, it, it joins the battle that is raging, and he kills the gods. What did you make of the ending of this kind of Azath scene as they emerge out from it? I feel like we're jumping right into the end of it. We haven't even talked about the actual like fight itself and all the reveals in it. All right, I can I can frame it differently. Yeah, well, we didn't talk about Udinas's body getting like ripped apart when the wild. That's was what I was. Out. Well, it's good that you. Well, we can start there because my first question in response to that was going to be, "What the fuck happened to Udinas and why was he dead?" He got <laughs> like, alien. Why was he like yes. broken? You ever see Alien? No. Oh, well, me either. What? Okay. Well, so they have. I don't want to ruin like the the, the big scene to, in to Alien. To the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we're watching Alien on the Patreon. Back us patreoncom books. Anyway, what the fuck happened? The, I guess the Wivel, like the dragon spirit, kind of took over his body, mm-hmm. but sort of shaped it into its own form, mm-hmm. and so like his body kind of got broken in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Gosh. it like left his body via his magic. Yeah, like it like his ripped butt. out of its body. Uh-huh. Yeah, leaving him to die. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Got it. Definitely. But luckily, Kettle's got some Forkel Assail blood, and it's going to solve things. But then did Udinas come back to life? Yes. Uh, I, I can't remember if he's conscious by the end or not, but he's yeah. going to be. Yeah, because yeah, the yeah, Wival, the Wival jumps out, and then Withers like, hey, hey, help him. Right, but I'm... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, like, I don't remember if Udinas is conscious by the end of this. Oh, I yeah. know he's alive. Okay. I'm pretty... So okay. the... So the thing, the other thing, not the Wyvil, not wither. the Wither, not right. the, the Wither, Wither, oh. Wyvil, Wither. Wither is the Tisty Andy yeah. that's inside of him. Why was he inside of him? To hide? Was he hiding? Yes, he mm-hmm. was hiding. Got it. Done. We're good. We are good. Uh, um, uh, thoughts on that? No thoughts. No thoughts. We just flushed all my thoughts out. I couldn't have any thoughts because I was so confused, but now I, mm-hmm. I got it. Pete, All right, AJ and I have a question for you because oh, we were well, we were we were texting each other with a question. So, but do we want to? Okay, baby. Okay, so in this fight, it's iron bars versus what we the whole time have been told are just five Toblakai, right? That's all we're told. But yes. now they're being referred to as the Tarthanal gods, and we met the Tar- we saw the Tarthanal. They were the ones who were like putting shit on the statues and stuff. Yes. Okay. So now, the, what AJ brought up was. Because, you know, we know what Toblakai look like. And then um, they're referred to by Iron Bars as Tarthano Toblakai. Mm. And so AJ made the assumption that that means that Ublala, being a Tarthanol, is also a Toblakai? Or in his case, maybe part Toblakai? So are the Toblakai just called Tarthanol on this continent? And are they, you know, is it like a Karsa thing where we don't, they don't know that they're Toblakai? India's raising her hand. I have a question. Yes, India. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also in relation to that question, question within the question. Yeah. All right. Sub question. Weren't they kind of gods? Didn't they tell people they were gods? Who? The Toblakai. 
the five Toblakai did, although they were actually Talani Mass. Are you? T- I think that the Tobla, the whole well, and what, what did they call themselves back in in Book Four? What, what did he think he was? I don't know. Oh, uh, Tablor. Tablor. I think they just thought of themselves as like mighty warriors, and everyone else were children. Less, they don't think they thought they were gods because they worship gods. Got it. Got it. Go ahead. So Peter Proceed. is Ublala like part Toblakai? Are the Tarthanol Toblakai? Well, That's it's not an answer you're going to like. Is my. <laughs> Okay, I mean, look, I would like an answer because AJ hit me with that and I was like, that makes a lot more sense. I didn't even think about any of that, but... Tarthanol and Toblakai are... Are the same genus? Are the same genus is maybe the gist of it. They're in under the... under. I don't know. I don't know how much you know, but I don't know how really what I'm spoiling, but... There are related in some way. It's, it's like the it's like the Andy Eater and Leosian. They're all like kind of the same, but they're just different flavors of the same. Mm, it's yeah, a little colors. different than that, but I, I I think this is basically an answer. I don't think imagine it's very satisfying for you, but that's okay. my understanding. So I'm right, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I think AJ was right that like Ublala is a Toblakai in some way or something because because these guys aren't it's Toblakai from any in in the bloodline, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, in the yeah. mix. Okay, okay, okay. I think yeah. then AJ, I, I'm gonna say that you were right. I think Thanks. that makes sense. Josh, you owe me but $60. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say AJ was a hundred percent right. You know? well, sure, so I wouldn't say I'm 100 percent right about anything in this book because I'm just saying to how? say U- Ubala is a Toblakai is wrong. You know, well part Toblakai. He's part Tarthanol. Sure. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shit. moving on. Piece of shit. On the on the sur- on the surface, Josh, the the duel is going on. Iron Bars is fighting Ubala, and they're uh, is is fighting with Ubala, and they're fighting against these gods. Um, what did you make of this fight? And then Siltus Bruin emerges near the end after they kill one of the gods. I think AJ pointed out that the phrase. If I had known I was going to have to kill more than one god today, I would have paced myself better. <laughs> or whatever so whatever Ironbar says. Dude. That is the definition of big dick energy. Like that <laughs> he is just like oozing swagger with that yeah. sentence. <laughs> yeah. I and, and I, that, Iron, that is, Iron Bars is like trying to get t-shirts made. <laughs> yeah. I think that like from that point on, I was like if anyone hurts Iron Bars, I will kill them. Like, he is my baby. I love him. Yeah. I think that's interesting, too, Josh, that you bring that point up, because we we do get outside of that fight at one point, see Corlo, like, exerting his... Yes, uh, that was so cool to see. His, you know, Warren on, on the Toblakai. And I do think maybe that line could have been partly Corlo being like, say something cool that they'll be intimidated by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I think I, I think these like I love the, the bridge burners and their shared history. But in some ways, I think these two are even doing it better for me. Yeah, I love Corlo and Iron Bars. I think it's yeah. great. And this fight is incredible like he is all over the it's hard to actually kind of imagine it because like a five-on-one fight seems pretty chaotic and then five-on-two kind of even more so Mm -hmm. i I love it also ublala is the goat for literally killing one of his own gods or at least restraining and attempting to kill one of his own gods like that's got to take some courage some Mm -hmm. some inter-resolve all right let's keep things moving we can talk a little bit more about Sultus Ren later, but let's get to, you know, the Eternal Domicile, where mm-hmm. the Eater arrive, and we see Bryce a little bit at first, but then Hannon Mozik leads the way in. 
He speaks with Asita briefly, and then a powerful duel of magic goes on between them. India, what did you make of this? What do you think? In sorceress entanglement. Okay, so this is when everything comes through that one tile. Yes, it's the center of the sea dance, baby. Mm-hmm. That was like okay. I was like, this is so cool, but I I bet for somebody that's like really understands because again, I don't know what was coming through the tile. I just know that there was something powerful that was un, that was being like sourced through the tile. So I was like, okay, this is cool. I thought that he was going crazy. Everybody said he was going crazy. So like, I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, I I guess like maybe he is, but then I was like, maybe not because like, what would be the point of all that? So I wasn't like super surprised that he pulled that crazy shit out. But, um, I thought it was really, I was really happy when, um, Hannah and Mossack started getting like all deformed. I I felt satisfied. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) I liked it. And um, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Did, did you not? Were you not satisfied by the thought of his body just breaking apart? Like, fuck you. Um, I wouldn't say satisfied. I thought it was like, like, I, I think it's really cool. I don't cool to read like about. Karma to but me. It's like very <laughs> horrifying. And I love how, portraying the magic, having that toll on him. But anyway, continue. I loved it. And then... I was so are we going to go into the troll part two or are we are we just talking magic just take run for it and then i was so bitter when they were like i, I don't know i think it was fear maybe who was like you have to do fear, something fear tells him to yeah, they're gonna yeah, yeah. kill him and he was like mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm mad about that trolls like i think that maybe mm-hmm. this is not a bad idea but mm-hmm. then he's like ultimately he's like well i have to do it like i have to do it and then he kills him the cedar 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 I was so pissed. I was so pissed. Yeah, I was. I was too. I was yeah, that's so that, angry. that's what elicited the 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 scribbling in my notes because of me just writing was, what the fuck over I've, and over again. <laughs> I've been trying to support my boy troll, but that scene was like, dude. Ah. And at yeah. every point, like obviously, which is also super fucking unsatisfying. You're always wondering, like, what's gonna do it? What's the reason, troll? What is the reason? And I was like, maybe troll's not gonna do it. And then no, no. he fucking did it and chaos i was so upset i was so pissed yeah Yeah. but what was under the ground so india i think that tile is just like like if you if you had a magic metal detector that like detected magic instead of metal like that point is like where all the magic energies like converge so it's the best place to channel his warren or whatever the seed channels that's the that's the best thing i could have given you too yeah i thought that it was something specific but okay. My understanding is that the power of the seventh closure is being drawn in through this tile, and this is what's being drawn. And that's why it. he was like crawling all over the floor looking for it the yeah, whole time. That's why he was, yeah, he asked Breeze to count the tiles so he could find the center one because that is where. Love it. Yeah. Love that. I also think now um, it's funny knowing uh, who Bug is now uh, that he was the one to finish the eternal domicile because he had yeah. some like, you know, God knowledge of like, oh, well, we need to have this finished so that uh, the seed can channel his magic through it. Uh, I thought that was just mm. pretty funny. But Aj, what did you make of this sequence in a whole and Troll being the one to kill Sita Khan <sighs> and his death? Yeah, uh, this sequence was fucking intense. It's like every instance of magic that we've seen throughout this book, but like turned way up because... It's just yeah. one crazy powerful guy against another crazy powerful guy. And, and I mean, 
to see the price that Hannon Mozag is paying and in turn the that we find out the prince and the queen are also paying um, for this power and to see that the Sita is just like barely exerting himself in a way is really, really, really heartbreaking when Troll uh, spears him in the side. Um, yeah. yeah. Re- like audibly, I had to I closed the book. I finished I finished this book on, I don't know, Thursday or Friday. And I I read the whole last chapter all in one day, but I closed the book and I walked away from the book for like three hours because I needed to just like clear my head because I was so I was feeling so many emotions (laughs) at that moment because damn, did I think they were going to kill Han and Mozag? Damn, did I think that, you know, and I just kept praying for Troll to be like, no, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. And then it was like, oh, he inched closer. It's like, nah, he's not going to do it. It's like he pulled his arm back and took two steps back. And I was like, okay, he's not going to do it. And then and then it we see Breeze see the Sita take the the spear to his left side. And it's just fucking brutal. Just really, really, really brutal. Um, and also, <laughs> I thought uh, when when we sealed this demon away with the, with the help of the Jagat, I was assuming that that was why he found the tile <laughs> so that he could like help channel the, the, the trickster magic or whatever to make the demon think that mm-hmm. there was something powerful underneath. But no, <laughs> because yeah, after a, after the, the demons found or whatever, every time Breeze sees the Sita, it says he's like motionless on the tile. I was like, oh, man, that must have like taken a lot out of him or whatever. But no, he was just like taking a nap before he had to channel the world through his you know face or whatever. He, he had to save up his energy. Yeah, he had to conserve his energies. He was on a low power mode. So the sequence continues, Josh, and Rulad enters. He drags these sacks with him, and we see the price that was being paid. And then Bryce challenges him to a duel. And they duel, and then he, like, cuts up all of Rulad's tendons, and he won't kill Rulad. So instead, Rulad's sitting there on the ground. He's screaming to be killed, screaming to be put out of his misery. He's begging his brothers who just won't kill him. That was so what sad. Did you, what did you... How'd you feel? I... This scene is maybe one of the best scenes I've ever read in a book. I thought it, like, from start to finish, it was incredible for me. I just think, like, first off, we've yet, this is the first time we get to see Riz fight, and uh, he's incredible. Loses two fingers and just, like, doesn't bat an eye, which also at the end of this book might come back to haunt him, uh-huh. but we'll see. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but, um,. God, it was incredible. He was I and I didn't I didn't expect that. I didn't expect him to be so like masterful of the body's anatomy that he could like I get it. I now because because early in the book, people are like, oh, there's better fighters than him. And he's like, I wonder why it's me. And now I get it. It's because the dude can just ruin a man in under 30 seconds. Like, yeah, just with yeah, surgical I, I, precision. Crazy. Yeah, Amazing. craziness. Loved it. Loved it. And, Loved it. And in the moment, I was very upset about the poison thing, but honestly like it was i think it was really good i think the the, like looking back like oh my god every every line was just begging me to be not a dumb dick and understand that the king was like you know drinking poison of course he has to like you know the only thing they had left was the cedar it's over now you know the king's gonna go out in his own way to avoid whatever horrible fate and and in the moment I was pissed that Briz was caught unawares and didn't get to to languish in his like thing he did, but like probably for the better, you know? Because if Rula does end up getting killed by somebody else, it's not going to end well for 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 Briz. So um, I I thought it was crazy and like 
The bags were brutal. As soon as they were used in the way they were used for, I, I and then and then still brought in. I was like, "Fuck!" Like I knew it like a line before it was revealed, yeah. and that was heart wrenching. I just I thought this whole scene was so good. I, I agree, Josh. And to clear and to clarify that rant I went on, I think it's because this throne room sequence is so amazing just so Mm -hmm. i i'm so invested in all these characters it's so well written and it is just so intense that just some of the other stuff i just you know i just love this stuff so intensely you know yeah inge what did you make of this duel and rulad ending on the ground begging to be killed by troll so the the little fight thing was so cool Very interesting to read. Loved it so much. It was actually really gross, though, at the same time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Especially, like, the back part. He, like, butterflied him. Um, (laughs) So that was was interesting. But then when he was like, yeah, he's not going to (laughs) die. He's just going to be this way now. I was like, what the fuck? And then everyone else was like, what the fuck? And he was like, yeah, I didn't didn't hit anything major. That was, like, beyond me. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he was, um, asking his brothers to kill him and just like saying that all he ever wanted was to belong. (laughs) So fucking sad. Yeah, He finally says the words. I just wanted to be included. Yes. Oh, that was so sad. It was what I said all along. You bastards. Yeah, that is fact. I'm sorry. I don't think wanting to be included is an excuse for war. And I mean, I don't need this. Okay. (laughs) But Josh, what what wouldn't you do to have your older siblings like you? You know, I don't have older siblings, and yeah, my but little if you brother did. and I have an okay relationship. So jokes on you. <laughs> yeah, my sister like never included me, and I never once um, thought about killing a whole continent. Yeah, but but that's just me. Um, we're all different. <laughs> that's just me. Um, but yeah, so that was really upsetting. I felt, and and I think it was in trolls um point of view at the time mm-hmm. and so it just made it like that much more like raw i guess yeah. and then what's the last thing i wanted to mention are we talking about the poison thing yet Hit yeah it. so the, the, the uh, bryce also drinks a cup of poison wine and dies mm-hmm. um livid <laughs> livid there's no there's no words to describe how annoyed i felt i i just like as I do, since like a rapid fire text messaging to the group chat. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? What the fuck is happening? Did he just, did he just? And then had in Moss, Moss Egg, whatever, is just like being fucking annoying in the background. Like, ha ha ha. what he does best. You didn't even see he had no faith in you. I was just like, Ugh! so pissed. So mm-hmm. pissed. And those are my thoughts. Oh my God. Not to mention though, sorry, backtrack. When um, Rulat is, begging and just being downright upsetting um and fear walks out yes powerful that that was like i don't even i don't even know like i can't even i don't even understand it still that's where i'm at i was just i was it was like he just couldn't even he he just had to go how many times have you just had to go you know (laughs) we've all had to you sometimes you do have to go you know Josh, what did you make of this big scene? Sad. Bad. (laughs) Hated it. I mean, loved it, but hated it. Just, just really, like, I said that I had to put the book down for two or three hours, but that was, I read this whole section as a whole, like, from the the sorcery and stuff all the way through the the breeze battle, and that was, that is what broke me. Uh, 
And I was like, okay, well, I can't read this book anymore. Just fucking. Oh, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't even have any eloquent way to say it. It made me upset and made me really sad. Because, um, damn, all Breeze has done is like what he was supposed to do. And like he was good at the thing that he was supposed to be good at. And he did it. But it still wasn't enough. <laughs> Because other people didn't think that he was able to do his job, I guess. I don't know. It's just sad. Makes me very upset. So I agree. I think the whole sequence in the core, as I said, I, I, I love it so much. And I think we didn't even really talk about the errant of it all. But of course, he is. <laughs> yeah, there, we have, there's but... a bunch of stuff that we have jumped over the uh, God wise. I don't know. What do you guys think? So now I'm thinking about it. Like, do you think Breeze being a bedict had any like because like the the king was the one that poisoned the wine right like that was his call right yeah yeah yeah. so do you think breeze like being a bedict had any bearing on that because like hull betrayed the queen right the queen and the prince and stuff and like to hull is just like a big scammer so do you think in some way the king kind of doubted breeze's commitment no i think even if breeze wins that fight it's not over you know what I mean? Like, he's going to die eventually. This is just kind of the the big, the, their moment where they get to gloat for a second. But he was also like, but then after that, they're going to want to brutally murder me. So let me just, like, peace out. Hmm. I think regardless of who's protecting him in that last moment, he's he's drinking that wine. Hmm. 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 What does that mean? Hmm. <laughs> wait, wait, what does that mean? Hmm. Right. So, uh. God damn it. Cut to, we're under the river, Tehol and Bug well, talk. And... We skipped the whole part where Bug finds uh, Tehul's shattered body under the eater and like summarily destroys them all and send one sends one of them to the fucking like depths of the ocean His to be home. crushed by the pressure of the water. <laughs> like fucking yeah, brutal. So that's first off really a, sh a surprising scene when Bug just rolls up and is like, we're doing it, you know? Yeah. And. But this just really brings me how I wanted to talk about it is it's at this moment that really we get to see what's been going on, you know, in a way. Bug is the elder god of the sea male, and uh, he talks to Tahol all about what's happened and what their friendship has meant. And India, I wonder if I wonder how this clicked for you, what you made of him being male and what you made of this conversation of these two characters connecting at the end of this climax. I had no idea who male was. I thought that it was cool that he did all that cool shit. However, it had no impact <clears throat> and still kind of doesn't on who he actually is. But just to see that he's actually, you know, insanely insane power, crazy, was um, satisfying. Then the conversation with Teho was um, tender. I loved it. I thought it was so sweet because it's a really tender moment. I love it. He just stays the same. Tehol, he's just the same silly man just saying funny shit. And he's like, mm -hmm. uh, I love um, mostly when he's like, but a manservant. <laughs> he's yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. Can't, <laughs> like he can't even rationalize why he would choose to spend time with Tehol as his manservant. And mm -hmm. it's just he's just like, I enjoy you. You, you make yeah. life fun. Like they're just. They're just playing, playing, playing the game of life together. And it's just adorable. Love it. Loved it. And but um, at one point, Taylor was like, well, we never did eat enough to survive. So what the fuck did that mean? That he, I was so confused. Was he like supplementing their life, his life? 
with yeah, life. I think he was just using his god powers to keep them yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah, so he's yeah. Like, that hey, was funny. Here's a shoe. But then he yeah. was just like, I'm a god, so you're still alive. Like, you pass. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, can, can I say I was very, very happy that Bug ended up being someone that we knew about. Mm. I was really worried this whole book that the bug reveal would be like, oh, I'm so I'm X, a person we've never heard of. And and it's in four books, we'll understand what that means. I was very happy. It was clear, like, no, I'm male. We know who that is. Kind of. We understand he's an elder god done. So, yeah, I agree. And I really love that scene. But um, I, I want to get back to the ending of that scene. It's a little more of that scene. But first, the Guardian from the sea we see earlier rolls up to the throne room. He kills Rulad to put him out of his suffering. And he also takes Bryce's body after a conversation with the Errant. And then the, the Guardian brings Bryce back and gives him to Bug. And I wonder what you think this means for the names of these forgotten gods that were given to Tehol. And... uh. If we'll ever see Bryce again. Hmm. Well, in regard to the second question, I think we may see Bryce again because of the end of the of this chapter with Featherwitch noticing the finger that may come into play at some point. Um, we'll see about that. Uh, India looks confused. In the fight, uh, Rulad sliced off Bryce's pinky and uh, ring finger, and uh, Featherwitch sees it on the ground, and she thinks to herself, oh, that could hold a lot of power. I'll need to grab that when no one's looking. But we don't actually get conf- confirmation that she grabs it. That's so gross. She definitely Yeah. Does. She's going to grab it. But, uh, and again, I'm not saying anything about Steve and anime, but there's this anime out right now, and there is a whole thing with fingers, you know, and curses. I'm just saying, Steve, a little derivative. Uh, (laughs) Derivative of an Uh, anime that's coming out right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, uh, shit. What did I think? Oh, with the names of these gods, I just, I I love Tail having them because... I feel like Teo's the type to, like, know what to do with that in some way. I mean, we know that he's got an island full of people without identities. Maybe he uses them in some way to kind of breathe new life into these elder gods of the sea or something. I don't know. Or he just keeps them in his back pocket for a moment when he needs them. We'll find out, I guess, in seven books. So, I, I don't know. I, I I mean, I love everything about Tail and Bug. I've said from the get, they're my favorites. And I love that Bug doesn't take his memory, and they're just boys. And I love that Tail has a blue eye now. Beautiful. Yeah. No, no memory wipe for me. I would like to continue to hang out, please. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So after this, Fear, as you mentioned, left the throne room. So we see Troll go and catch up with Fear. Um, and what? This part bothered me. Why did it bother you? Because they were just like, I don't know what's leading me this way. But it I just know I need to go this way. It's the errand. That's yeah. What it was the errand. What the fuck hey, is the errand? Hey, by the way, the errant, the errant has got to be the, um, what is I can't that? The, okay, the real quick, real quick. Errant is the god that we keep seeing. Uh, he's, he's the guy who was the first consort to the queen. Yeah, yeah. Sh- shitty name. Uh, but Peter, he is the, he is the god from the first couple books, right? The luck god? I forget the name. I don't fucking Right? Care. With the coin? What's the coin god? That's Opon, and there's actually Yeah, this is Opon, right? Yeah, but and isn't this one of them? There did, this is different. Okay, well, they keep saying the push and pull, which is, like, literally them. Like, the Opon is, like, the la- the, the lady's push and the lord's pull or whatever. I don't, I don't like know. This. Maybe there is a connection that I, I'm missing, but I'm um, pretty... I, uh, okay. I just, want, I just want to lay out what the Aaron is for for India. It's just that he's a... It's a god. 
And he's been the he's he's been the first consort in disguise this whole time. It's the one that Bug had been talking to and Kettle had been talking to. It's the one with a lot of boyfriends and girlfriends, just like this mysterious guy. But his power is that he can like kind of push people in the right direction. He can't directly influence things, but he can tell people like maybe go this way. Um, Like that's his whole thing. So that was what the the push that fear and troll were feeling uh, was literally the errant being like, here's Saren's house. (laughs) So in this conversation (laughs) together, they talk about um, that fear believes that their people can only be found saved by finding Scabandari Blood Eye. And he's going to set out on this quest. And this is the last time we see these brothers together. Oh, man, it's just I don't even know how to frame it. Kind of a whole thing, because then they come to Saren's house. And of course, Troll and Saren have this moment, and and then they all say their goodbyes. Uh, AJ, what did you make of the, this these brothers here? Um, I'm very mad at fear. Uh, yes, especially agreed. because of his final acts before leaving. Like it just took so much for fear to finally be like, "Oh, Troll was right. We should get out of here." Like to t- to the absolute detriment of Troll. You know, yeah. like, yes, there is nothing. It's just not ah, the only the only thing that will get fear to leave is to be like, oh, well, everything's irredeemable. I fully agree. And, you know, I hadn't really thought about it until you said it right now, but very fucking aggravating considering fear from the get was the guy who was like, you're right. We should do this. Yeah, I'm all in on this. Yeah, bad boy. Yeah. And now here he is, you know, warlock king there. The Rulad's ascending the throne and he's like. Guys, this is a bad idea. We got to change path. I'm going to go on a quest because this was the wrong choice. For and it's our just people. like, yeah, it's just like what what happened, you know, because he knew he, he and his brothers didn't like uh, the Warlock King from the beginning, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't this terrible act of like using the prince and queen for the power like that wasn't what it was. It was Rulad begging to be killed. Like it, it wasn't even that it was fucking uh, fear seeing like, oh, we lost. Let me go. Like, what the fuck, man? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so frustrating. Like agreed. St- oh, just like Especially take a stand on to one thing. Next. Take a stand on one thing. You know, it, it just st- oh, it's so upsetting. It's so annoying because like. The whole time, he's just been like, well, there's nothing I can do. We have to go along with it. And then once it it doesn't work out, he's like, man, this stinks. I got to go because I don't want to get in trouble. (laughs) Pay for my actions? What? Yeah, I'm pissed that it looks like he's being set up for some sort of cool redemption (sighs) arc. And Troll gets fucking shorn. Like, bullshit. Very upset. Troll really, although he has his doubts, like, he, he, he fell in line. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He did the thing. Troll has, you know, some like moral compass, even if it's a little fucky. It is there. I, but but here's the thing, right? Troll is being brave and giving voice to these doubts. All he needs is one other human being to have a back, not human, one other eater to have a backbone, right? And like fear can't give him that. Fear can only continue trying to get him to do this. Like I, I'm, it makes me very, very mad about the whole troll throwing the spear thing because that's on fear yeah troll you have to do this bro troll this one's on you if fear doesn't make him do that the eater lose yeah and 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 there is uh, yeah it's and that was and fear you know fear saw like 
we're going to lose if, if we don't do something about the Sita. And then when they did lose, he's like, hmm, well, I can't deal with this. I got to go. Yeah. Like, ah, damn it. And they didn't even lose. And they didn't. And they, like, didn't. They, they didn't lose. They won still. He's just, he he's, just has to have the backbone to do the thing yes. that he's fine asking others to do. He's just so morally weak that he can't fucking stand by anything. God damn yeah. it. I'm so angry. I didn't even realize and I was this angry. No, you are righteously angry right now. It's Inge, do you share their anger? Um, I saw it differently, um, kind of in a way. Like, and maybe that's just, I don't know. Now, now I'm like questioning what I thought too, because like the way I saw it was that he just it wasn't about like standing for it as much as it was just like well that no it was about that, but I don't think it was about the losing situation. Like it felt just more like. Okay. When 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 the push came to shove, he needs somebody to tell him what to do. And in a case when he can't, he just kind of bailed. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, to find somebody else to tell him what to do. Right. Like he well, but, like, yeah. I don't know, like it just seemed like making the choice between my psychopath brother or listening to him beg me to save him. I can't make the choice to bring him back because I don't really necessarily know what he's going to do. He's proven in the past that he's fucking shitty, but I also don't want to stand here and listen to this and I'm not making a decision. I can't make a decision. So I'm just going to leave. Yeah. And I don't think I quite share your anger, but sure. I do agree with your point in that. I don't know why this is the line. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Like, we've been doing bad stuff for a while. But you know, they've always why been was, <laughs> Like, why was today the day? Do you mean he was there two chapters ago in the Battle of, you know, not High Fort. I just, we literally just read it. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Shit's been bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Brands keep. Brands keep. That thing Pulled you. that out of my ass just then. Don't even have the script up. Anyway. Yeah. He lived um, up to that name, man. There's yeah. Beer. There's really something yeah. about him. Almost, uh, almost something meaningful there. Oh my god! There. And then troll. It's not a word. <laughs> there's, but there really is. Last thing I'll say about it. There really is something about fear, like walking away and not like running away. That really fucking fear. I'm pissed again. That anyway, really, yeah. That that really is like. Oh, he was of sound mind enough to like walk away. Be like, mm, no. I got to go instead of like, man, this is fucked. I got to leave. Like there was it wasn't emotional. It was just like, hmm, I should go. <laughs> but here's a question. Like, is it really that bad? You know, I mean, like, you know, he still came to the decision that, man, this is the wrong way to be doing this. Sure. Things are bad. We got to change. Sure. Do you mean, sure. isn't it better than never? Do you mean like, isn't it good still that he came to decide like, <sighs> hey, I need to do something about my people. I don't know if better late than never works in this situation because so many people died. Yeah, I'm I'm with AJ. I don't know. Part of me still feels like better late than never. (laughs) Fear fear (laughs) is the one with Hannon Mosag who gives Rulad power over the eater. It is the combination of the master at arms and the warlock king kneeling to him that gives him the authority to not, begin a war and genocide. I'm not saying like fear's cool now. I'm just, you know, just considering it. Yeah, you know? I, yes. I, everything. I see what you're saying, but I don't know. I don't know what him leaving now is going to do because I don't know how much worse it's about. Like, I don't think it's much is about to change, you know, like the big war and the big uh, bad events have already happened. Like fear leaving isn't really going to change much in this respect. But I do yeah. see what I, I get your point that, yes, it is good that he finally came to his senses. But like, goddamn. So, Josh, there's this moment where Troll gives 
Sarah and his sword, and Saren takes it. She kind of thinks it's a meaningless gesture now. What do you make of this moment now that we've had like two or I think three moments between these two? So what I keep coming back to is that Troll is a 16-year-old boy. <laughs> and when I think of it like that, it's easier to digest, you know? Like, he's just for the first time been like, oh, this is a girl. Girl, 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 girl. Yeah. girl. And like we're in his head suddenly, yeah. and like his brain's like, oh my god! Uh, ah! When I think of it that way, it's easier to understand him being a big doofus in front of her over and over again. And it... I think I'm I think these scenes are honestly their impact is lessened for me because I know he never does anything about it because he's going to end up where he ends up in book four. But he could do you something about I mean? it later. What? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he definitely like likes I, I hope one day they have some kind of moment or relationship that but like the dude just is an idiot. I mean, he's just a big like nervous teen who's just kind of unsure of how to talk to the girl he likes, yeah. which is very funny. This is the, the second or third time he sees her and he says, sisters, take me. I would give my heart to this woman. <laughs> yeah. Man. <laughs> uh, yeah. It must be. I mean, I wish he would just go with her. That'd be fun. Troll, yeah. fear, Saren. That's a cool group. But instead, we just have fear the fuck. Yeah. Inge, what you make of that moment? I didn't care at that point. <laughs> at that, Like, to be honest, <laughs> once... Once um, Bryce died, Fear left, Troll fought, like, that's when the book ended for me. So anything after, like, when they get to Saren, when they're like, oh, my God, we got to come up with a plan. We got to get out of here. I just didn't really care. I don't find I didn't find any. I had no idea. I thought it was Fear when I was reading it, who had those feelings about Saren. And I was like, that's weird. He just had a wife. Um, But (laughs) now I guess seeing that it's Troll, that makes a lot of sense because it was Troll before, too. Um, I, I agree. It is a bit of a come down after the undeniable high of the courtroom scene. Yeah. So and then also just like knowing like I still don't know why Troll ended up where he ended up. And I'm just annoyed. And that's, what so that's we... something I wanted to ask you. We should get to this quest setting out that happens eventually. But no, do you know, let's get to that first and then I'll get to that point. Inge. you know, they're fear's gonna set on this quest to find Scabandari Blood Eye, but before they do, the rest of the crew surviving crew from the Athats show up. So uh it's Kettle, Udanas, and Wither, and they all kind of uh make a party and they're all gonna head out of the city together. What do you make of this motley crew, Aj? Um I'm very excited about this crew, honestly. Of all the parties we get set up at the end, I think this is the the one that I am looking most forward to coming back to. But just like three characters. I mean, I guess I don't know if I would really call uh, Wither that much of his own character throughout the book, but just three characters I'm very interested in uh, or four characters rather. No, wait, sorry. I'm so confused. Who's the party? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Udanas, it's... Kettle, Wither. Saren, Saren is leading. And Silchus. Fear, Kettle, Udanas, and Wither. <laughs> Got it. Wow. Yes, no, I, I'm so very excited. And Silchus Ruin. I, I, I'm, yeah. yeah. Yes, that, <laughs> that alone, Silchus Ruin and Fear, but they don't know that it's Silchus Ruin, is like a great setup for a fucking sitcom. Like, you know, uh, whoops, I'm living with my betrayer or my god, whatever. Um, <laughs> just really funny. Um, whoops, all betrayers. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm really excited to see it. I do want to jump back for a moment, though, if that's okay. 
no rules just right where so right after the the wyvil jumps out of udinas and and it comes out of udinas to dig down to fight off whatever is uh keeping silchus ruin uh and then silchus ruin comes out and and withers like oh i could help the wyvil like really get this thing buried down deep which leads me further to believe that it's not his daughter um i mean granted we don't know anything about silchus ruin's daughter really Besides that they were bringing her to the Azath, supposedly. But uh, I don't know. It just makes me think it's some sort of other, like, Forkrilla sale or something. I just don't know. Mm. Mm. So mm. that's where that's that's where that is for me. Well, I guess maybe we'll find out what ha- happens to these characters if we ever see them again, you know? Yeah, I really Which hope we, we do. This will. is such a good... It's just such a, a, a literally, like, motley crew. It's just so... The prospects are endless, you know? Um... Uh, <laughs> And then uh, we cut to the roof inge and Shirt comes up. She says her goodbyes. We find out t- what Tail's up to. Shirk is going to go off to become a pirate and Tail has a brief moment with Bug. And it's kind of the end of their story. What did you make of uh, the end of this plotline? Shirk's goodbye was the most uneventful. Yep. See you later. I've ever read. Yeah. And I was I was unsatisfied with it. I think they should have had at least... I mean, I guess, really, what do you expect from them, these funny little friends? Right. Um, mm. So, like, I get it, but also, you know, I love a good sappy ending, so um, I wanted more. But, you know, Bug and Tail just doing what they do, Tail going to take a nap and Bug going to run errands, you gotta love it. Satisfying I ending. I was happen. satisfied, but unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's get to this big question then. Maybe bigger picture thoughts about this ending. But I would love to just know, Josh, Inge maybe mentioned being frustrated. We don't really know why Troll was shorn. Um, I mean, I have to imagine it's going to be for refusing to kill Rulad when he begged for him to do so. Hmm. Yeah, he's an idiot for going back. <laughs> yeah. I of course he's a big he's a big dumb dummy i mean he also like expresses doubt throughout you know i in my opinion now i don't know we might it might get filled in in a future book but if it didn't get like right now if i had to decide for myself why he gets shorn to me the logical reason is he comes back rulad has been twisted by the warlock king and rulad uh comes to the decision that fear left because troll you know troll is a betrayer he's been voicing doubts so long him and his brothers turned his it turned uh their backs on rulad and left him to just kind of be there and i could easily see them being a reason to shorn troll let me let me reframe the question because i agree with what you're saying but i suppose i wanted to see it yeah are we going to see it sorry are we not going to see it so Probably there's not. this obvious there's this obvious idea that when you would come into a book like this that it would be about this moment where like troll betrayed his people and it's like this mm-hmm. is it's a like but I think by the end of the book we don't see what happened despite kind of this being the frame of the book but as you said I would say we know why he was shorned but yeah. we don't we didn't really see it or we don't really like, we don't really know why, but we know, like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, we understand. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have an understanding of, of Troll's kind of motivations and intentions and how they are antithetical to the current Eater Empire and why. And I also understand that, like, him being the brother of Rulad probably leads to, like, the need for it to be shorn rather than just killed. Mm. But did you find it dissatisfying? And overall, did you find the ending satisfying? 
Oh, I loved it. No, I thought it was great. I did not. I don't need to see if we never see the scene of like the him being told, you know, here's what you did wrong. I think I'm fine with that. Honestly, I want to go. I want to go back and read the start of House of Chains now. You where, should. Where, where it he, makes a yeah. lot more sense. That's what I'm doing. Uh, he's got it in his hand. Let's go. Uh, did you find the ending satisfying? Um, I I mean, yeah, uh, it wasn't satisfying in the way that I thought it would be satisfying. Like, obviously, I was expecting Classic Steve. Yeah, I was to say I, I was expecting and I should have ended my thought there because I shouldn't expect anything. But I was expecting to, you know, see the shorning or whatever, at least like an act that was like, and then Troll was shorned, like, mm -hmm. um, which obviously, you know, isn't the case. But uh, I think we have seen enough of like, you know, his relationship and stuff to know that, like, it, he's not going to last long, especially on his own. Yeah. To like, you know, have fear being like there to constantly be like, no, 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 shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but yeah I, I i don't know i felt fine about not getting that um like final moment or whatever and i i, I really did enjoy the the final moments of um tahoe and bug you know talking to each other and uh tahoe thanking bug that uh you know for not making him forget so that he can grieve in his own way um it's just very very sweet and very nice and i think a more satisfying ending than if we were like and then troll got shorned you know I think it's just more satisfying. Mm -hmm. India, what about you? Were you satiated by the ending? Um, yeah. I'm going to say overall, yes. Like, it was a good ending. It was, it, it wrapped up nicely. And it left questions that I thought were supposed to be answered in this book. So, I mean, objectively, yes. Objectively, yes, I am satisfied. I am happy. But I would have liked to know why... The troll incident happened. I would have liked to see mm. it with my own eyes, but I won't hold it against him because he gave me a very good story. <laughs> yeah. I do just want to say one one last thing for me about this this ending. Um, the ending just makes me really sad. You know, it's just mm. it's a bummer ending in a way, you know? No, wait, why mm. do you say that? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I you know, I know I was kind of being down on it earlier, but really I was kind of just trying to praise the other parts of the book. Mm -hmm. But the ending's just so sad, you know? And I feel like when I was reading through the book this time, when I got to the beginning, it was so clear how, like, we're all doomed from the start. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Just, like, all of these characters in their initial circumstances, like, we are just, you know... And we talked about tragic endings in House of Chains, and I just feel much more about this, about... You know, the Eater people, you know, being consumed, becoming an empire, being ah, just, I, 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 I don't know if I can articulate it well, but it's just, ugh. Yeah. It's just such a tremendous bummer, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't want to, like, reference myself because that feels like an extremely pr uh, pretentious thing to do. But earlier on in this book, I had, I had said uh, everything changed and nothing has. And I feel like that is kind of where we've ended up. We're like everything has changed but also nothing has like we still end the the final lines of this chapter are excellent now i'm going to bed and bug saying good idea master and i'll just respond well of course bug it's mine isn't it which is like exactly where we started um uh, but you know underneath all of that everything is is different but like we are just back where we started and and all of the previous events seemingly you know don't ultimately matter because nothing really matters you know 
Um, it's it's yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm. I just feel like a general sense of frustration. Do you mm-hmm. mean it's like fucking Christ, everybody? Why did you have to be this way? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I I know the answer because I think the characters are so well drawn. Do you know what I mean? And that's obviously why I feel so frustrated. And it's like. You know, is there a problem in the book, right? Like, yeah, there is the problem. There's this, like, war between them. But really, it's like, man, these people are just... We, we didn't do it, gang. Mm-hmm. We didn't do it. And as a result, things went really bad. You know, things went the some of the worst ways they could have gone. Oh, my God, everybody. Why, like, why did, it, why did we do this? You know, why did we do this, everybody? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It didn't have to be this way, Josh. I had a better yeah. time than I needed, I guess. That was fun. <laughs> That was fun. That was a great time. Yeah. You thought the wrong. ending. You thought the ending was fun, like woohoo, fun time. Well, the shark into hole and bug stuff's always fun, you know. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, some of the other stuff was. I would. I, I'll admit a little bit of a drag. I guess <laughs> it just bit. makes me feel a See, deep sense the, of sorrow see here peter my strategy is when i put the book down i cease thinking about it or any sort of greater implications on my worldview because it's a book and that's how i read books well josh we i suppose live different lives in that yes <laughs> speaking of which though i was in the i was in the bathing house you know chilling out and i'm sitting there and i was thinking about what i was going to say on the podcast as i often do and i had this really dark moment you know i was thinking about this scene where roulade was talking you know roulade's talking about how he wants to be loved and i was like oh my god am i roulade am i just roulade? <laughs> yeah I've had, I, I had that a couple of times too yeah as the as the youngest sibling yeah yeah <laughs> that i think that didn't it didn't it didn't make me feel good no yeah that. I, but I that's definitely imagine, yeah I, I mean we we addressed that at the time but that's definitely part of the reason why i have been empathizing with Rulad like this entire book it's because like yeah it really is kind of what it feels like to be the youngest sibling and like just want your older siblings to like you but like multiplied by a a billion like Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you know it really wasn't that hard for me to make my sibling like me I'm just saying maybe he's just not likable I'm not saying my siblings don't like me but I just do feel like there is a constant seeking of approval you have a brother I have a an older brother and two older sisters Hmm. Hmm. Listen, we got to get to the epilogue, but I, yeah. and we have more wrap up thoughts we can talk about in the wrap up show. But I yes. did just want to quick get a quick get a read on now that the the book's over. You know, we kind of talked about it a bit last time. You know, the Eater people—they're a tribe on the fringe, and then you know they're going to get conquered, and then all of a sudden they try and defend themselves and then all of a sudden it's like whoops we did an empire you know what what, so how do we feel that the eater came out on top and like i don't know i just wonder how you feel because really it's a story about two peoples and in the end how do you feel about where we ended up yeah i just think it just kind of goes to show you're like no matter who's in charge And for whatever reason, it's not, it's never going to be like, like, what was it all for? Just so that they could say that now they're in charge and they have a crazy fucking emperor now. Like, it's the same shit. Nothing is going to, I just don't understand, like, the people that they thought were lesser came out, won, and now they just have a fucking... now psychopath is the emperor it's just kind of like it's just kind of it's shitty (laughs) because i don't know if i would have preferred i think i would have preferred lether win the lether people at this point 
I don't think there's a good ending to this war, personally. <laughs> right. Other than, other than, I guess, if Tehill had had gotten to crash the economy. And I think male bug kind of says something when he's like, yeah, like none of you guys have ever gotten it right. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're still not. So he it's sa- just gonna keep like, going to be I'm sorry, but you're not going to be the ones. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's just yeah. it. Like the world keeps that. on turning, baby. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really interesting conversation between the two of them when they're like, do people do we even do good things together? Yeah. You know, and then like, you know, I don't there's, know. It was there's a really collectivism. good there's a really good line in there in there that bug has. That's uh, you saw your vices as virtues or something. <laughs> Or you, yeah. you made you made your vices virtues, which I thought was very poignant. Hmm. How so? Well, I mean, if you look at like capitalism, I guess like the 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 vices of holding or greed of being the biggest vice, I suppose, of just like holding that wealth above people and and holding people at debt, uh, you know, with debts and stuff, is just a you know, it's 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 implying that gr- greed and being greedy is a good thing. And that everybody should strive to be this greedy, you know, if when you boil it down, it's it's more coded than that. But uh, boiling it down, it's like, oh, well, you should but hoard your it, money. It, and you shouldn't be. Mm. But I think then to ego and obviously another, you know, one of these. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's get to the let's get to the epilogue. <laughs> we, we can't just go down, you know, but like I just think it's like, it, I don't know, like and it just goes into like the eater are consumed by these things that mm-hmm. like they were trying to stand against. You know, it's a very sad story and I'm getting sad talking about it, you know, so yeah, it's sad, man. Anyway, yeah. um, let's quickly b- discuss the epilogue. Epilogue. The demon princes gazed down the hole they threw the forkle assailant to. On the crippled god's island, Withel and Sandalith watch a storm rage over the ocean. Withel sees a boat coming and rushes to the tent and knocks it down, exposing the god. The crippled god is furious with him, but Withel flees to the boat where he sees Bug. Bug says the boat is for them and that he's going to beat a god senseless. Josh, what'd you make of the epilogue? The demon thing was silly, uh, and I would say unnecessary, except of course that Frokerl sale is going to pop up somewhere, and this big old hole is important for something, you know, one day. Uh, the island thing was incredible. I, I, I've known it, it had to mean something that Withel kept praying to mail, you know, like, that's gotta come back some way, but like, you know, I didn't expect Bug to be mail, and then Bug to show up, and then just beat the shit out of the crippled god, he says. I could see that honestly happening. I also, the thing with the, uh, the whatchamacallit, the knocks, and having been b- breaking the nest yeah. over and over, I loved that him having that, re- like, realization, like, his power is contained to this tent. If I destroy the tent, he will, for a while, be powerless, and we can... Escape. That was so funny I don't and get it. interesting I to don't me. I don't get it. So the Cripple God's, like, so... From what I can tell, India, he has immense power, but, like, the places and ways in which he can use it are severely limited because of his injuries he has. Um, 
So I like as far as I can tell, like in this, wherever they are, his power is literally contained in that tent. And so they realize if they just if they just knock the tent down from the outside, his power just kind of goes away Who for at least that? a little bit. Withal, the the uh, the the blacksmith on the island. And what are you saying that. about the other people? The Nox, the monkey things, like the big Baccarol monkey creature thingies. They had been building nests and destroying them over and over again. And then Withal was like, they've been giving me the hits. Oh. Build the nest, knock it down. Yeah, that also, I had no idea. I, yeah, I so just saw a cool. bug and I was like, oh. I, I'm curious to see where Sandalath and Withal go. You know, I guess they'll be part of the story now. Hmm. <laughs> Aren't they in something? Yeah, they're in some sort of warren or something. So are they just floating around the warren? Or are they leaving the warren in that boat? They're leaving the... Bug's going to get them out, assumedly, like with this boat. Okay. And they'll show up somewhere. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for us here today. Obviously, we have a lot of thoughts that we tried to get through but these finales so much happens so i'm sure some stuff slipped through the cracks shoot us an email 10 very big books at gmail.com let us know what you think of the show and we're gearing up because in two weeks we'll release our midnight tides mailbag and wrap-up show where we talk about the book as a whole and compared to the other ones we've read so far so we would love to get your listeners questions we're going to tweet we're going to look in the discord and we're going to try and answer as many as we can next time we've got a special guest also for the mailbag uh it is we do have a special guest um do we yeah we do i won't say it now maybe i'll say it in the credits i don't know if we're trying to keep it a secret (laughs) (laughs) and i'm saying it like it's spooky yeah a spooky guest. India, do you know who the guest is? Yes, you know who it Fuck. is too. Anyway, anyway, uh, tweet at us. You know, tell a friend about the show. Leave a review on iTunes. You know, podcast stuff. Anyway, so here's a quick little thing though. So originally, oh, uh, we... oh I remember. I remember who the guest is. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> it just it just warped into my brain. <laughs> oh. oh! <laughs> here's a quick little thing though. So before. You know, uh, before well, the start of the episode, we actually had a scheduling contact conflict at the end, so we were kind of, you know, I couldn't do the intro I wanted to do. Okay. You know, but um, you know, we we got to the end now, and and we have more actually time on our hands scheduling wise. So what I'm gonna do is quick after the credits, gonna have a quick little little outro post little bonus thing with my little co-host here. It is completely unrelated to Malazan. So, see you after the credits. Hello, everyone. Producer AJ here, and I've been editing all day. Thank you so much for listening to this finale episode of Midnight Tides. This book has truly been a roller coaster of emotions, and we definitely didn't get all of our thoughts out in this honkin' episode, but we are not done talking about it yet. In two weeks, we will be releasing our Midnight Tides mailbag episode with our very special guest, Books with Brittany. We are so excited to have a guest on the mailbag, and even more excited that Brittany agreed to be that guest. Uh, all that being said, we will, as always, be taking your questions and comments over the next week on Twitter at 10VeryBigBooks via email, 10VeryBigBooks at gmail.com, and in a special channel in our Discord. If you aren't a member of our Discord and would like to be, you can head on over to bit.ly slash Discord. That's capital V, capital B, capital B, capital D, Discord. That link will also be in the show notes. Again, we will only be taking your questions and comments until next week, February 20th, just about. Uh, so if you have some you want us to maybe talk about, please hit 
us up sooner rather than later. Thank you, of course, to all of our wonderful patrons over on Patreon. If you'd like to contribute to the show, you can head to patreon.com slash 10 very big books. That link will also be in the show notes. And I do just want to say before I get into the ending ending of the credits, uh, this season marks the halfway point for the series, and we are so so grateful to have made it this far. It's been really gratifying uh, and positive experience for me and hopefully the rest of the crew. And I really just want to say thank you so much for helping make this show such a big and rewarding part of my life. Uh, I love you all. And as always, thank you so very much to Dan Gesrick for making our spectacular logo. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Gesrick for a retweet from me about how happy I am to have him be a part of the show. Love you, Danny. And of course, the wonderful music in today's episode is by the one, the only, the illustrious, the untouchably talented, and all-around great person, Amarantham, from their album Simulant Rain, which you can find along with their other music on Bandcamp.com. Links to their pages will be in the show notes, and 10 Very Big Books will be back in two weeks on February 26th with the Midnight Tides mailbag special uh, with special guest books with Brittany. Get your questions in by the 20th. I love you very much. I will talk to you then. And thank you so much for listening. I'm just coming in, just looking for some hot takes, looking for some two cents. I'm just, I've been, uh, you know, as all good cultured people are, rewatching The Office. Ugh. And, you know, is J- Jim a bad dude for hitting on Pam so much while she's engaged? I've seen a total of like six episodes of The Office, so I'm unqualified to answer. Yeah, I'm also not a big Office head. Me either. Are you? <laughs> oh my god, Christ. I've never met so many people. I'm usually lambasted for like not yeah. having seen the whole thing. This is incredible. All right. Okay, in the episode, I guess, this is the worst post credits sequence we've ever done. <laughs> uh, and like they say on The Office, go do the your work. Peacock! <laughs> All right. Can I hit stop? <laughs>